Hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. You're listening to episode 68. My name is Patrick. I'm joined by Seth. Say hi. Hi. And Steve, say hi. Let me let me finish. Let me finish. Some people are a little premature. We can't help it. (laughs) It's true. They do have pills for that. Uh, And Steve, say hi. Yeehaw! Yeah, well, had to be had, had to had to do something. Uh, here we are, episode sixty-eight. We are one week away from nice. Uh, any thoughts, gentlemen? Nice. nice. <laughs> 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 that was actually so perfectly timed, to a man. Ah, uh, get out of my head. I live in your walls. Uh, oh, ooh, promises. <laughs> try, try, try not to make it uh, too too uh, hot and bothered. Um. So the question is, Steve, have you returned to Earth after being uh, blessed by the immortals of uh, of, of Pokemon tournaments? Uh, like to be honest, yes. Um, but we've got a big proud announcement today. Uh, you'll be hearing it here first. Um, but I finished building something from IKEA yesterday, so I will be leaving this podcast and be starting a a craft podcast. Um, like like so arts ch- and crafts, or just, no, just crafts? crafts? Just crafts. Just um, crafts. N- not not art type of guy. I'm a craft type of guy now. Though. <laughs> yeah. Like like uh, like craft like craft mac and cheese type craft or like space type craft. Uh, neither. Like craft is in building stuff. So give me uh, the correct tools, uh, a bunch of miscellaneous screws, perfect instructions, and twice as long as what it should take, and I'll build it anyway. <laughs> Stephen, I wish you the best of luck with this podcast. And if you see this uh, podcast, get a Patreon immediately after you leave. There's no correlation whatsoever. Yeah. I just want to float, float a couple of names by as well. I've got a list of three of them. So I've got Craft Travel Lounge. I think that's, that's kind of it's close to... I mean, I can see you wanted to ride the coattails of the best podcast, but I don't, I don't know if that's... Can we, can we sue for that? I think we can sue for that. Yeah, I think so. I was going to ask you that exact question. Do you think we can take him to court over it? All right, all right. So how about the second one? Uh, fast Travel Craft. <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern here. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, hold on, I'm getting a premonition here. Is the third one Fast Crafts Lounge? No. What are you talking about? It's Craftopedia. Oh, Rats, that's actually good. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a good one. No, take take that one. So you reckon Craftopedia Travel Lounge? Ah, <laughs> oh. okay. Yeah, I, I, I was on board. I was on board with the short name. Uh, you know what? Watch me. Watch me go to IKEA and build a legal case real quick. Oh, actually, well, that was a good sure. one. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I guess it's the same thing with like monkeys and Shakespeare. If you <laughs> give yourself an infinite amount of time in IKEA, you'll eventually build some of them. All right. It only yeah, took sixty-seven episodes. Sorry, sixty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, um, Steve talking about taking uh, twice as long as it should, and I'm just thinking of um. The Lego boxes where it says like uh, twelve plus years, but you do it in six. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, we made it. Oh, good. Oh, slow and steady um, wins the wins the race, fellas. What about what about what about you, Seth? What have you been up to? Uh, not not round the lounge talk, but just uh, have you done anything to be a god amongst men this week? Uh, don't 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 say signed up for Hustlers University. I not again. No, honestly, it's, not really. It's been a very slow week for me. Wow! Are you Pat? You young coming? <laughs> thanks, thanks for the content there. Uh, this you said not to do the round the lounge bit, so I got to wait. Uh, Outside of round the lounge bit, it's actually been a very slow week for me, and I've got nothing. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I probably should have asked you that uh, quietly before before we decided to entomb this forever to the internet. Awesome. Uh, what have I been up to? I am down in Wellington, which is probably why my mic sounds a little bit odd. Uh, doing 
doing a bit of filming, a bit of a uh, bit, bit more um, shooting with the old the old video cameras. Uh, you have a couch been... at home, but what do you need to film down there for? I have a what at home? A couch at home. That's true. I. I, I get the feeling this reference is lost. It was like a weird porn couch reference, but whatever. I, yeah, and, and suddenly, suddenly, I thought about trying to like continue the bit, and I thought maybe, maybe I don't. <laughs> maybe, maybe I put down the shovel prematurely this time. <laughs> but save it for next week. Ooh. Oh yeah, no, no, next week I'm bringing two shovels. Oh right, I thought you meant two lounges. Hey, we're fast travel lounge. Are we a porn podcast? You know what? I'm oh, sorry, I'm just gonna stop myself. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we can be next week. No, nope, you know what? Can't Seth? wait for. Can't can't wait for next week where Steve comes up with three names for his new porn la- uh, for his new porn podcast. <laughs> no, that really fast takes travel fast hub. travel porn. <laughs> <laughs> Just fast. <laughs> it's the shortest podcast you've ever listened to. Fa- fa- fast, fast crying emoji. <laughs> um. Anyway, why don't we jump to around the lounge for this week, uh, Steve? Outside of uh, trying to find yet another hobby, which you won't uh, find any sort of fulfillment to your life on. Uh, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, Pokemon Stadium came out for the Nintendo Switch Online uh, like a couple of hours ago. Uh, so naturally, um, <laughs> you, you've blocked it. Well, no, I started it up and I got a little bit sleepy picking my Pokemon. So I had a bit of a nap and then I went for a walk and I got into playing it. Uh, so I put about <laughs> 45 minutes into it. Uh, so I love naturally, the stunning endorsement of I booted, up, I booted it up and fell asleep. In my defense, I was a sleepy boy. I'd had a big Easter egg. Um, literally chocolate and meat is the only thing I've eaten in the last four days, so it's probably not the healthiest thing. <laughs> not even any potatoes, jeez. No, the potatoes were also chocolate. <laughs> Ooh. I can I get behind that. Something yeah, it's like a French fry, but it's- anyway. Um, yeah, I've, I've also got to uh, lose uh, 10 kilos and get an eight pack in two and a half weeks because I'm going on a boat trip and I need to look my best, but oh well, that's tomorrow's problem. Um, Have you yeah, tried so looking I- my best? Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> No, thank you. Come, come on, man. You There's a reason we said. do this as we do this as an audio medium. A face for radio, as they say. Could have humored me or like anything, but no, nah, just throw me under the bus. It's fine. Yeah. Steven's nah, no, best is a low good thing. bar to hit. <laughs> okay, you know what? You know what? Based. You know what? Seth, you're back to being my favorite editor. Yes. I, I knew I'd, I knew it happened one of these days. I mean, you were you were always top five. Got to give you that, but but you might have just just clinched it back. Doesn't that make me the second best editor? No, oh. bro, you're, you're you're top ten at best. You're not an editor. You're a builder. <laughs> uh, hang on, I might get another hobby. Um, I did enjoy anyway. So I I, I played Pokemon Stadium, um, and now I know we it was about six weeks ago. I did a a whoa long first impressions, but I played more of it, and I can give a uh, second impression. <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better word. You know what they say, second time's the charm. Wait, hang on. No, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, anything else? Uh, I don't know. I can, do you want to need anything else? I'm like, I'm seeing the Mario movie <laughs> do, tomorrow. Do I, do I need anything else? I mean, no. Hopefully you're, this is all stuff you're volunteering, but... Yeah, I, at least, yeah if you're talking about general achievements, I 100%ed Dragon Ball Kakarot, I 100%ed Borderlands 3 and all of its DLCs. Oh, why though? Hang on, hang on. What do you, what do you mean, hundred? You, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to ask you about that. That's uh, that's. We, we, we gotta, oh no! We, we gotta have a this chat. This is going to be a long episode. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> uh, Seth, what about you? What have you been up to? I started just a little bit of Woe Long last night. I played a little bit before this recording as well, but it's still like halfway through the first real level of the game. So not not a lot for me to talk about, but I do have a little couple of things I want to touch on there. 
And how about you, Patrick? Ah, shit. Wow, that was that was cute. Uh, th- th- thanks, guys. Makes me feel included. What have I been up to this week? So I, taking a page out of the um, uh, esteemed esteemed leader Josh uh, handbook, am going to do an album of the week, uh, but in reverse. We'll explain what I mean by that when Hang we on. get to it. Hang on, let him uh, cook. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me cook. Let me cook. So I got I got got the gas on high. Been inhaling it for the past hour, feeling really sleepy. <laughs> And also, Me playing playing on stadium. Huffing <laughs> 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 petrol really just makes it, you know. Um, and also, play a little bit more of Celeste. And I have a couple questions that I want to get your thoughts on. So, why don't, why don't, why don't we bounce straight into uh, like like the the episodes of old um, and album of the week? Now, this is the reversal part. Uh, in the last 24 hours, or at least I've been checking it roughly every couple of days, so it could have been in the last 48 hours, uh, one of my favorite artists, Daughter, has finally released their long-awaited, uh, I think this must be their fourth album, because technically one of the albums was Before the Storm soundtrack, but it is called uh, Stereo Mind Game. It's very recent, and I've only listened to the tracks that they've released as singles so far. And I, at the end of work today, saw that it was out, and I have not had a chance to listen to it, but if you at home what? are listening, uh, and, well, rather, if you at home, hopefully you are listening, are looking for something else to listen to uh, for the next week, give that a listen, because I will definitely be talking about that a week from now on the nicest of episodes with the nicest of artists. Uh, so that that is my reverse album of the week. Uh, why don't we... Hold unless on, there's Patrick. any comment from you two. Yeah, go on. It's... It's a little surprising, but it's also sweet of you that your favorite artist is your daughter. Ignore it. <laughs> we're, we're in very, very dangerous territory, Pat. <laughs> I'm, I'm just surprised at your age you have a daughter that can put out an album. Before you are two paths. <laughs> well, Go straight to jail. <laughs> um, the, 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 the second one leaves the joke hanging there. <laughs> Future surf, edit in crickets and move on. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'll edit in a laugh track. Uh, okay, you know what? Uh, unfortunately, in a surf, laugh track. What are we? The Big Bang Theory. You've you've slipped no, back Seinfeld. down to top five. Wait, does Seinfeld have laugh tracks? I know Friends does. Friends does. I, I don't know if Seinfeld does. Yeah, no. I I've think that ju- one might be more. Leaves it open for, for people to laugh at home, and it just makes awkward pauses in the show. <clears throat> okay, you, you know what's tripping me? It's the fact that there's a lot. Well, it's not really a laugh track. It's the fact that every episode is um, bookended by his stand-up bits, which have laugh tracks. Yeah. And so, and so now I'm not sure if like that laughter is just in the stand-up bits or if it's also in the show. Homework for next week. Homework for okay. So, um, for the, for those following at home, your homework for this week: one, listen to Stereo Mind Game by do- by daughter; two, watch every episode of Seinfeld. There will be a quiz on this. It will count towards your final grade. Uh, anyway, uh, why don't we move on to some woe long chat? I I don't know which of you wants to talk about Woe Long first. Uh, I will let you fight to the death, and I'll come back in five minutes. Let me know who won. Uh, well, good because I've been playing Woe Long for longer. I've got my uh, my parry windows uh, pretty good, so I reckon I could smash that, uh, and then beat him at Woe Long as well. I, I was thinking <laughs> since uh, I I'm at the beginning of Hang the game, on. maybe I should start, and then you can go into deeper uh, uh, off the bat of what I say. Uh, sure. Um, I I'm conscious of not. Not spoilering you. 
actually, you know what? Spoilers don't really count. I still don't really think I understand the story. Um, but yeah, there's just a couple <laughs> mechanics that you probably don't have access to. And actually, this it probably might be a good conversation because there's a couple of things that the game doesn't really explain to you, but you sort of just figure out by like getting flogged uh, quite consistently. So you, you you start with what your impressions are. And is, then I can is, sort is of that give the some- process by how you figured out how to use the IKEA product, Steve? Get flogged until you figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like there's a bunch of holes, there's a bunch of screws. You can put it. In, <laughs> you eventually get things together. Third, third time is the charm, as they say. Yeah, like the screws are there. You got a hammer. You fix itself up. I don't know why I called it a screwdriver. It didn't help me drive my car, but whatever. <laughs> it did screw you over, though. Hey, it screwed me. Didn't even buy me a drink first, eh? Hey. <laughs> anyway, so about smashing Seth. Oh no, that's next week. <laughs> nice. Okay, well on go. Well yeah. on go. So for people at home that need a refresher on what Wolong is, it's basically Neo, but set in China during the um the Free Free Kingdoms era, and it's a little. And, and and what if and what if hypothetically someone wanted a refresher on Neo? If you need a refresher on Neo, that is a Souls like game, like Dark Souls or Elden Ring, but more leaning towards an action game rather than the RPG elements or like having the heavy weight and punishment windows and more towards having good feeling combat. <laughs> is how uh, I, put it. I wouldn't say good feeling. Cool. It's, it's faster paced combat. Without getting a, this becoming a rule of Neo, it's faster paced combat than Dark Souls, but it is a bit more punishing like that. Plus you've got like, I think Neo had like weird bonfire things as well. And you spend that sort of currency to level up. And it did have like a weird sort of loot mechanic. Yeah, the loot mechanic's kind of weird in, in all of these Neo-like games. But, counterpoint, were you tarnished and maidenless? No, no, and that's, no. that's Elden Ring. All right, so we'll just sort of skip the Dark Souls references. That it is true, but I think the, the more I spend with it by long, the more I feel that the path has diverged and they've already got their sort of... Like, they, got, they chose Dark Souls as their starting point, and they've gone their own separate way. Yeah, no, um, they've definitely done yeah. that. It, it's been evident since Neo 2 that they've done that. Haven't played it. It's just every, every new game they make goes further and further towards, like, just them doing their own direction. Like, Stranger of Paradise they did last year, and that's just very different from Neo and uh, um, Dark Souls in its own right, but more towards the Neo side. And, um, yeah, Wolong is still branching into its own sort of direction as well. It's a lot more loose and flowy than uh, the Souls games are. And everything just kind of flows into each other. Like, instead of having a parry, it's it feels more like a deflection of the enemy's attacks and you roll around them as you're doing it. It's a... um, uh, it's- uh, I'd say not really, because, like, the... And this is probably because you haven't played that much. It it depends on the attack, because regular attacks feels like you just kind of deflect them out of the way and move around the enemy, while bigger attacks from enemies, you actually do a parry and a punish uh, with it. Yeah, and the parry opens... uh, On on the little attacks, I probably see it a bit more because I've been playing it. But on, like, if the enemy does, like, a... I think it's called a soul attack, and it, like, glows red, that sort of borderline staggers them and you can do a couple more hits and then that sort of they've got like a stagger meter and if that stagger meter fills up you can do like a finishing attack and i know that i'm stealing your thunder so i'll stop you i'll let you just explain no no that's fine um i actually do kind of like the stagger meter as well because it give they use it in interesting ways where um you build up your own stagger uh, by using your spells 
So like you have these powerful abilities you can use and the the um instead of having like a regular MP cost, it's like, well, if you're using these, it makes it easier to um put you into a stagger state if if you fuck up and the enemy hits you. Speaking of those spells, I'm I'm just gonna like interrupt with it when you say things. You think those spells are cool now? You will not use them in, uh, later in the game. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like the cost for what they do, and maybe this is just the, my playstyle. The cost for the cost of the stagger meter, the charge up time they have, the damage they do is not worth it. Um, okay. There are a couple of instances where, like, because uh, um, one of my favorite is to use like a fireball thing, and it sort of inflicts a bunch of damage on enemies, but it doesn't. Uh, the charge up time. The increase of my, I think it's the spirit gauge is officially what that stagger meter is called. It's not worth it. Like, it's just, it's better just to keep going attacking. Or just, it, 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 I feel that it ruins the flow of the combat. There are a couple of times in bosses I've definitely used it to, especially uh, just sort of if their stagger meter is like very close to the line, I'll chuck like a quick fireball. Um, but there's, I find zero reason to use it. Like, it's literally just sort of sitting there. There's a, there's a bit of, a, there's a potency thing at the moment where I'm using them, but they're not as effective as they should be because I'm still really early in the game. So I'll hit a boss with a fire move and it'll st- build up the bar, but I've never been able to max out the bar so that it gets a full fire bonus damage on them. Um, mm, same, with, yeah. same with acid and poison damage. I know from uh, I know from playing the alpha that I can build it up when I get more proficient into those spells and they get stronger. So they'll, it, yeah, they'll work fine on boss fights. But I have, yeah, I'm not really into using them on regular enemies. But yeah, uh, the things I really wanted to touch on was I pl- last night I played for about an hour. I spent about half an hour on the character creator. Because it's a really in-depth character creator. They give you a lot of options in there. And it's a lot of fun messing around the um, options that they give you. And then I spent half an hour on the tutorial level. Um, the tutorial level brings in the boss fight from the alpha demo that they showed off last year. So I already had a little bit of uh, um, practice against him. And it didn't take me all that long to beat him. He did beat me like four times, I want to say. But then... um. Yeah, I just got his pattern down and uh, down again and took him out. Something I didn't like though is that um during that uh, first boss fight, they throw up a tutorial for you to use your uh summon, and it just it it doesn't even pause the combat. It just throws up the tutorial, covers half the screen, and it was in the middle of one of the boss's big attacks. So I almost got completely killed because uh, killed off in that fight because of that tutorial popping up for that uh, uh summon mechanic. And doing that also just ends the boss fight. So, um, real yeah. weird, real weird place to pu- uh, put that in. Almost got killed for doing the win con- uh, for the tutorial of the win condition. But yeah, no, um, at the moment I'm about halfway through the first real level, and I just got the summon mechanic for real now. And I don't know. It's, okay, it's, it's, it's feeling- so what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean by summon mechanic? Uh, it's the it's the um. It's a mechanic where you can summon a spirit animal. Yeah, the, the divine beast summon. Okay, that's cool. right. Wonderful. Yeah, it's they're called a divine beast. I just got the horse one. That's the first one you get. Yeah, as in, as in <clears throat> Zelda divine beast. No, no, these are these are like spirit animals that just come out of come out of your talisman you've got at, as part of the story. Sounds kind of like the powers that you get when you defeat the uh, the, the the divine beasts. 
Uh, not really there. Like it's literally goes to like two or three seconds. Uh, even though like there's like five in total later on and some of them do like fire damage and sort of scatter fire around. One of them sort of does water damage and then detects other enemies on the screen. Like they're, they're they can change the course of a fight. Um, but I would not say that they're like those Breath of the Wild Divine Beast powers. They're not for exploration, they're only for combat. Yeah, and again, feels like something that you'll only use in boss fights, but that's, again, just speaking from the outfit demo when I tried that. Still too early to say for now. What do you think, uh, Steven? Something that's only really used for boss fights? Oh, nah, if I get, like, sort of, like, crowded or if there's, like, a a semi-stronger enemy that's got, like, a bit a bit more health. I'm, or if I sort of get lazy with like, it's a, instead of Estus Flask, there's like Dragon Cure Pot. Um, and there's, when you use it, there's like a second or two of like invulnerability. So you can sort of use that uh, to sort of get out of a bad situation and sort of clear it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, that sounds, yeah. That's a, that sounds fair. Yeah. And like you charge that up by like attacking enemies. So it, it does sort of feel like you've got to earn it. Like it's not something you always have available, but it's like, okay, cool. I've got it. I've got to remember when to use it because there are definitely in some of the longer levels, it's like, oh, yeah, I had this for a while. I just never used it because I didn't really feel feel like I needed to. Yeah, and you can you can probably pop it like pretty frequently throughout a level if you keep remembering you have it and then build it back up because levels are decently long. Yeah, yeah, they get longer as you go on. There are a couple of like you're not up to it and you won't know this. So this is a spoiler, Um, but there are like side battlefields that are like very short and like those are a very good palate cleanser um from those levels um but that's probably a bit of a sidetrack that we don't really have to get into there are side quests that do exist there's it's separate battlefields because it's sort of le- it's set everything up into levels which they call battlefields and those sort of are do become like a really good palate cleanser especially after like a a really long level with a really hard boss. You can go, okay, cool. I've got this little battlefield that like will take me five or 10 minutes to complete. And it's got like a smaller boss at the end. That's like semi easy. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds neat. Um, all right. So I'm playing this on PC. Um, it's not the greatest of ports. It's not as bad as it was at launch as far as I can tell, but I'm still getting uh, minor hitches every now and then. And it really sucks when I get a hitch in a boss fight. Um, it's, I can deal with it. It's not great, but, um, yeah, kind of wish that this was fixed, especially since, um, I'm doing all the little tricks you can do to try and get it as infrequently as possible, but it's still happening every now and then. And it just kind of ruins the experience. So what do you mean? What are you talking about? Are you talking about crashes? Are you talking about graphical bugs? It's, like it's, it's just a, the picture stuttering every, for like a, frame basically yeah yeah that'd be fucking rough especially in some of those moments where it's like oh shit like that literally probably fucked me up um yeah that, that's fucking rough it, it sucks when it happens against one of those soul charge moves because it you see them charging up and then the next frame is they're basically in front of you doing the attack Ugh, yikes but that is how are you enjoying it um i probably very limited in if you actually are enjoying it. No, it's, it's fun. Um, I, but. I still feel like it's... I, <laughs> I feel like this is the easiest of this type of game I've played, though. It, like, the deflection parry window feels really, really uh, open. Like, you've got a really? lot of... Yeah, no, this feels like oh. you've got a lot of time to do it. Um, oh, man, I'm, I... <sighs> 
I feel like it's the opposite. I find like if it's like a, and maybe this is sort of because like each weapon you use uh, changes the parry window slightly from it's like point one of a point two of a second. I find that I'm always like until I get the rhythm of, especially in boss fights as well. Until I get into the rhythm, I'm like, oh shit! Like it's gonna take me a couple of tries to get the timing. Yeah, no, I was doing pretty okay with it. So, um, the first, uh, second boss was like this big, uh, in uh, demonic monkey, and I was parrying most of its attacks pretty easily right away. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's a very easy one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's in my defense, it's that one sort of. A, I think that's a false flag because I had like no problem with that whatsoever. And you get into the next real boss, and it's like, well, man, I'm getting flogged. Okay, um, yeah, when I get to that next boss, maybe yeah. it'll be harder. But yeah, even regular enemies, I feel like, has been relatively easy doing it. Um, maybe it is yeah. just the weapon I'm using. I'm using that first boss's weapon in this level. So maybe... The big hammer, weapon, isn't it? The, yeah, the big spike hammer. Yeah, no, that's fucking fantastic. I use that for a while. Yeah. yeah, it's a really fun weapon. Well, yeah, that takes us to my thoughts on the weapons, because I think they are one part the best and one part the worst thing in this game. Uh, there's about like 10 or All 11 right. different. I'm going to be honest with you. A statement like that, you better have a three-course meal cooking. Uh, I can give you at least an entree. Um, so there there's a garlic is... bread. Nope. <laughs> Damn. Is this I'm right? Olive, Garden, Olive Garden breadsticks. I don't know. I've never been to Olive Garden. This is an American podcast. Um, <laughs> so Just, there are, are they are, breadsticks? Yes or no? Uh, sure, why not? Um, the but they're not garlic really. bread. The sticks of bread, but not garlic bread. There is no garlic whatsoever. Patrick, you're making this worse for me by the minute. <laughs> okay, I, I'm just moving this conversation along. Um, so there's about 11 My or 12 boy's different... cooking. <laughs> there's about 11 or 12 different weapon types. Uh, everything from like spears, halberds, uh, swords and scepters, hammers. Monster uh, to do dual, it better. Dual swords, dual scepters. Yeah, yeah fuck, uh, Monster did it way dual, better. <laughs> dual halberds. It's got like a bunch of them. And within each of those things, there's different, like, as we said before, there's a bunch of loot that drops. Uh, and the weapons can be ranged from like one star to four star. Oh, uh, boy, one, here we go. Yeah, it's exactly what you think it is. So the one star <laughs> weapons are pretty much like, oh, that's your standard weapon. Whereas a four star weapon will have like a bunch of different effects. Like uh, It will literally like, suck you off while you play it. Pretty much. Uh, and I was literally, oh, well, I wasn't struggling, but I was just, I didn't know which weapon <laughs> so I wanted to keep focused on the game. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> Especially when you get in the double scimitar, glucky, glucky. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. Double halberd spirit siphon. That's why I've got like a, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm going to say it. Um, so it, it, it definitely, I was definitely having a bit of problems. And then I got, I got like a four star, I think it's a spear, uh, and it does fire damage. And that's a very rare type of thing. And not only does it do fire damage, but it increases fire stack, like fire damage by 10%. So I'm doing fire damage, then I'm increasing that damage oh, by 10%. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of those uh, like self-stacking type weapons. Yeah, so it's like it's stacking. And then I've like the And if the you weapon. have the fire um, summon as well, you've just also innately got like a passive buff that increases fire damage. Yeah, which is what I've got. Um, and also the armor I wear, the armor I'm wearing is has the same sort of loot mechanic, and then that sort of increases the amount of fire damage plus my damage to enemies with negative effects, um, plus the uh, it reduces the amount of time. It sorry increases the amount of time that it actually does like burns damage because because I'm doing fire damage, it's stacking with burn, and then like after three hits, they're on fire and they're taking damage. Um, so it's pretty much like a 
it is a very good weapon and I've had it for probably about three quarters of the game. Uh, and then I'll, I want to go to a different weapon to try something else. And it's like, well, it's really not doing enough damage here. Like, yeah, because yeah. you've already, you've tasted the sweetness. Yeah. And it's like, well, why would I bother changing? Like, this is a really good yeah. weapon. And I sort of understand that it's like, if you find something good, don't, uh, don't sort of throw it away. But at the same time, it's given me so many different types of weapons. I want to stop it, stop and change and all that type of thing. Uh, so then I will stop and change and do something else. And it's like, well, number one, I'm not really used to this weapon's timing. And number two, even if I do get used to it, it's very much, oh, shit. Like, I really, like, not really doing much damage. Uh, but I get yeah, the feeling that's just, I, that's I, sort I, of how I the game is I know that Seth's been, I know that Seth's been, like, waiting to talk for a minute, but it's just much more fun to just continually interrupt him. <laughs> um, with weapons, are they, so you, you, you say you have a four-star weapon, you've been using that for, for, like, most of the game. Is the leveling mechanic the star, or are they also locked to, like, a four-star weapon you find early is worse than a four-star weapon you find late? Do you know what I mean? Uh, there is an upgrade mechanic. Um, so you find, essentially, crafting materials that you can use to upgrade your weapon. So let's say you, you get a plus three sword, you can use uh, rank three steel to upgrade that to plus four, and then so on and so forth. So... I think as I far it. as I know, because this is a constant in the other Team Ninja games, um, that's that's just a trap. Don't do that. Like this, this, for, this is for the audience. <laughs> Don't do that. It's a trap. It's not worth the time. Steve's now starting to sweat. Uh, I think that's you. Don't because it it is very generous with giving me the crafting materials. There's no reason not to use that. Uh, and like you'd only because like the. Uh, my weapon's plus eight now, but the w- enemies are only dropping plus six and plus seven weapons. And there's a, a shop you get to, like a blacksmith later in the game, and she can break down your weapons and you can get those parts anyway. Uh, so I think you're, it's a bit of a false flag. You're comparing past performance to future performance, uh, Seth, so don't do that. Um, but at the Possibly. same time, m- maybe, that is, maybe that is true, and I'm just sort of Stockholm Syndrome with his blaming um when you when you picked up that spear didn't you see there was like the the like hidden text that was like plus 100 percent copium it's like you win the game um <laughs> yeah. you pick it up if you, if you use it for three hours you win the game uh, i'll get back to you next week and i'll let you know if it is a if it is for real a trap or not but yeah, the, yeah. these games are mm-hmm. all very heavily loot based games it's just surprising to me to hear um, that you're like, I, I'm going to guess halfway or three quarters of the way through the game. Oh, no, nah, I'm very close to the end. Oh, okay. Like the, yeah. like the, the maximum of weapons you can get is like plus nine and I've got like plus eight stuff. So, and that is, I just following the story threads, I think I can't really keep track of it, but I think I'm like up to the second or the third last boss. Surely. Okay. Yeah. I'm just surprised that you're like this, you're, you're already got a build quote unquote going pretty pretty much but it's eh. the way the leveling system work is really vague and generic and you i'm just sort of putting in the points where i think it would be cool yeah i just feel like what like these games the main story you kind of can just go through with whatever but then you go into the post game if there is a post game and that's when making your build starts mattering more and then you start going more overpowered and overpowered as you continue to get better rarity equipment and making it all work together. Yeah, that's, that's possibly true. Um, do, do you think they call the post-game woe longer? Oh, hang on. It's Wonga Long. 
Wonka Love. I don't know. Uh, my <laughs> understanding, though, is that I'm not sure how much post-game stuff there is, and the post-game stuff is... Um, I think there's a plus. super boss. I'm not, like, I'm enjoying the game, but I'm not going to care that much. So, like, I'll probably put it down. But, oh, yeah, that was, I had a fun time, but I'm not going to play it again. Like, it's, But, yeah, I, I, I'm conscious that we've, like, spent that, like, a, a bit of time on this. Um, and I sort of over, like, every time Seth brings something up, I'm like, oh, yeah, that changes later on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you, what do you think? Are you enjoying your time with the game, sir? Yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. It's not, like, super massively invested into it, but it's fine. It's fine for now. Yeah, that's, that's essentially, it's good, not great. So, yeah. so talk, talking about that relative to the other, like, Souls-like games that it takes from and things. Uh, at the at a similar point in say Elden Ring, which one, wh- which style of game is more kind of up your alley? Elden Ring. Elden Ring was way more up my alley for um this point of the game. Um, also Stranger of Paradise, Bloodborne. Like in in terms of the Souls games that I've played and Neo likes, is probably on the lower end. But even then, it's still incredibly fun. Like they're all great games. They all hit like a seven at minimum. Yeah, like I'd say this is like a seven. Like, I don't think I gel well with the action combat as much as I do with like your Dark Souls, your Elden Rings, your Bloodborne's. So what you're saying is it's no Bloodborne cutting adventure, but it's still a solid seven. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's if you go into this expecting less, like if you go into it expecting Dark Souls, you're going to be disappointed. Um, I went into it not expecting Dark Souls because I thought it was. I got confused with that. Uh, game that's coming out next year that's that uh rise the of the ronin about, no uh it's a game about uh like oh, the lies of p the, the pinocchio no, one. i'm thinking of no it's it's, it's a game coming out <laughs> next year it's made by a chinese developer it is the story of the monkey king oh yeah that one that one that one um, and, it's been, and it's been like hyped up for like the last fucking four years and I, for some reason I've, I thought this was that game I've never seen Seth so confidently toss out three titles get them wrong and then still be hyped up to try and guess a fourth yeah I, um, I know this yeah. one is um, it, I think it might just be Wukong that, that, I get, yeah I get the feeling that's it yeah uh, that's, it's a very similar name Black Myth Wukong yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Black Myth was what I was thinking of. But yeah, Wukong is like the... Anyway, but I, thought, I went into it thinking it was that game and it was going to be more of an adventure game, but I still am having fun with it. I'm having a good time. I'm sort of getting to that point where it's like, okay, I'm done with it. Surely it's going to come to an end soon. It's probably a little bit too long, much longer than what I wanted. Some of the bosses are like frustrating, um, but I'm not sure if that's me being shit or the boss being unfair. Um, and it's the it game seems- it is a little bit of both, and <laughs> what we haven't dis- discussed today um, is that there's this weird, uh, I think they're called morale points, and you start off a, like a battlefield with zero morale points, and the maximum you can go is 25, and you can get more morale points by defeating enemies or like putting flags up around the map. Uh, and these, if you've got like a high morale point, enemies do less damage to you, and you do more damage to them depending on the, the variance of like the morale point. So if I've got Mirage level, uh, sorry, <laughs> morale level of eight, and the enemy has a, a morale level of three, it's a two hit job. Whereas in it's the other way around, he'll two hit me. And you know, I ran into an enemy that was at morale 15, and I was at morale 12, so I wasn't that far below it, and he still one shot me. Yeah, and it's, it's, it, I don't think the game does a good job of telling you that. Like, there was one boss I was like, 
morale level like 18 um, and all bosses are 20. And he was like flogging me with like three or four hits. And I literally was like grinding up against him for like 45 minutes. And I'm like, surely I'm not that shit at the game that he's literally one shotting. I think it was like two or three shot at me, but he, it was just frustrating. Uh, and then I looked up a guide on how to beat him. And I was like, oh, the guy's entering with 25. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I literally walked in with 25. Um, and I'm like, whoa, man, this that boss actually wasn't that hard. It was just, if you die in three hits, like it's just going to be fucking difficult. Yeah, it was just that, like you, it, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, where it's like, um, maybe this is more the sort of Elden Ring experience where it's like, the fact that you got there, you're not sure if the fact that you got there means that you should be able to fight what's in front of you, or exactly, if you fluked yeah. getting there and you know that you need to go do something else. Yeah, but because it's a linear path, like you get like a little mini map and there's a red dot saying, you have to go here to finish the level. And right, it's like, yeah. okay, well, this is obviously where I'm supposed to be, but it's like, oh, hey, you haven't done more stuff in the level. Like it's, it sort of, it weirdly encourages- It goes you into wanting to go into side paths to get these little extra flags that'll increase your morale permanently or go fight stronger enemies and- And some of the, some of the flags, it's literally like you've got two paths. You take the left path, it continues the story. You take the right path, you get a-, a Die like instantly. A, a, <laughs> you, get a, you get a dead end with a flag. And if you choose the wrong path, it's like, oh shit, like, I know where that flag is, I gotta go back. Because you put a flag in it, increases your morale oh, points automatically yeah, by one yeah. or two points. Like it, it's just a bit, it's encouraging backtrack it, backtracking in a way that's, oh, it's, if you miss something, it's like, oh, well, too bad. You have to go back. Good luck finding it. Yeah. Um, it, it's just something that, and the game doesn't really tell you that. So until you find that out, like, and now that I, it took me about 50% of the game to work that out. And now that I'm aware of it, I'm looking for them because they sort of flash a bit white. So if you get up a bit high, you can sort of see them. Uh, but I, I, I thought it was just terribly explained, and it's probably it is. Yeah, I think it might be buried in menus to explain why it is. I think it, there's I'm an pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, there's an interesting side to the morale system that I kind of like in that um, the enemies that uh, if they kill you, your rank goes down and theirs goes up, so it's kind of like a soft nemesis system, and. That part I kind of like because it's like, oh, if you want to get revenge on this enemy, they're a little bit stronger, but you'll also get like a bonus for yourself if you do manage to get the comeback kill on them. And I think on bosses, it's just a straight up, uh, yeah, you'll downgrade if you lose to them, but there's like, if you've hit a certain amount of flags in the level, then you can't go down lower than your permanent morale rank. So you can go into a boss with 25 and if you lose too many times, you can get kicks back down to 20. Nah, it works a little bit differently like with bosses. So bosses, because it's, it's the, the sort of Dark Souls thing where it's like if an enemy kills you, uh, instead of your, because you've got genuine key points, which are like your souls that you spend to upgrade, uh, the enemy sort of absorb those. So to get those back, you have to kill that enemy and he takes your morale points. So you've got to get those morale points back as well. But with bosses, as long as you get to the same room, it automatically brings it, you automatically get it back. Okay. If that makes sense. Yes, you don't, so you don't have to worry about killing the boss to get those genuine key points back. It's literally, okay, cool. I'm entered the boss sphere. I'm getting that stuff back automatically. And I think that's pretty good, especially with some of those more frustrating bosses. Yeah, that's you're a essentially lot not, Yeah, it's, you're essentially not losing anything. Um, but it's like, oh, yeah, I've got to go back to the boss because that's where I'm up to. to also, get just back. based off the first two levels and the, um, the alpha, 
they're very good about leaving a flag right next to the boss fight as well, so you don't have to do like a full corpse run like the Souls games did. Yep, uh, I think 99% of the ones I've been, it's literally uh, five seconds away. Yeah, like, and that's very big, appreciated. You'll see, you'll see a big door, you'll be a flag next to it, and I'm like, fuck yeah. I know exactly <laughs> what this is. Uh, but, I've been here before. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where long. Um, I'm enjoying my time. I'm not sure if I'd recommend it. Like if, I, if someone hadn't played a Souls-like game before, I'm like, it's, I probably would recommend a Dark Souls over this. Uh, but if you do enjoy those games, you need to sort of scratch that itch a little bit. Uh, it is pretty good. And once again, it's on Game Pass. So uh, I did not pay money for this. Uh, technically, I did because of the subscription and downloading internet fees, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I think I would have been disappointed if I paid money for it. Um, but because I did not, it is fun. I see. Uh, Sap, your take to, to, to round us out. Uh, I'm still a little too early to give like a recommendation. I think it's fun so far. That might change later on. Um, but yeah, I'll have to get back a little later on. But I think I'm kind of in the same boat as Steven where I'm not too sure if I would just go out and recommend it to anyone, maybe like very specifically to people that enjoy these type of games and is looking for something new instead of doing their fifth replay of Bloodborne. Um, but yeah, at the moment it's like, I'm fine with it, but it's not hitting as well as it should. And you paid for it? My brother did, I'm just borrowing his copy. Oh, okay. Play on cool. What does he think about it? Get him on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe later. Maybe next week when I play more and then I'll get his thoughts when, because he's finished. He's also done everything in it. I'm pretty sure. I think he might've gone all the achievements actually. Ooh, interesting. Wow. Uh, soft nemesis for Steve unlocked. Uh, I'm not going to hundred percent this game. Wow. Way to get the downgrade already. I, I just double checked. He did get all the achievements in the game. Yeah. All right then. But there's not the achievements or trophies. Ah, uh, Steam achievements. Ah, interesting. Wait, then how are you borrowing his copy? Ah, uh, Steam has a family sharing system. Really? Ah, oh, crazy. It does, I? and it's 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 like awesome. Yeah, like it. It's limited to that. If he's playing it, then I can't play it. But that just makes sense. It's like, well, if I'm lending the disc to someone, then of course I can't play from that same disc, sort of thing. But yeah, since he's finished yeah. it and he doesn't plan on playing it, then I just got free reign to just load it up whenever I want. Noise. Anyway, well, without needing to go for too much woe longer on this, boom, nailed it. Uh, why don't we, why don't we uh, wrap the discussion there, at least until next week when perhaps Seth has more thoughts. Perhaps he won't. Who knows? Uh, only time will tell. We're really, really free-flowing. Of course, next week will be the noise podcast, whether or not he wants to say something nice about Wolong is up to him. Um, I'm going to hit you guys with a couple quick points on Celeste. So play a little bit more of it. Um, played through, I don't know where I said I got to last week, but I've played through, definitely played World 3 since talking about it last week. And maybe World 4? I'm not quite sure. But um, I hit the first, uh, the first thing that made me go, uh, that, that made, me, made me stop and think uh, as like a, a critical uh, lens, putting a critical lens over over, over platforming. Um, so there, there are two things that started to get on my nerves a little bit, specifically with World Three. 
And there's a real obvious answer, and I'm wondering Steve, if Steve's going to hit me with it. But uh, the first one, uh, Celeste is really good, and I say good in the both good and bad sense, at just putting <laughs> random pathways in in the platform, like like while while you're platforming. So you'll be platforming, and there'll be this like really obvious way that you're supposed to go, and there'll be a very obvious not backtracking, but like path in a different direction, and you're like, oh well. You know, I know the way that I'm supposed to go, so I'm going to go check out the, the other hidden path. And I did that and then found uh, an old arcade machine, which it does the real meta thing of like loading up an 8-bit version of the platform you're playing. Because I know Super Meat Boy did something similar as well. Um, where admittedly quite a lot of what I'm talking about with Celeste is because I played Super Meat Boy and loved Super Meat Boy. Um, but found 8-bit Celeste and played that and... I was expecting it to be like the Super Meat Boy Ape version, which admittedly, it's been a few years. I don't remember it super well, but my memory of it is that the side questy 8-bit levels were sort of the 5 to 15 minute sort of range. Uh, and is that good or bad? This, that, that's going to be the question because this, uh, what I did in Celeste, it took me 30 minutes to beat. Have you ever tried to unlock the kid in Super Meat Boy? No. Or at least not intentionally. I don't remember. I that might is have. three levels, and each level took me an hour. Hmm. Ah. But yeah, did you know that, that seems like it's too long. Did, yeah, did, did you know up front that that's what you were doing? No. Okay. But they, yeah, they were, but like, very super Kaizo hard levels. And, um, yeah, the Super Meat Boy ones, the 8-bit levels in those range from being pretty... Pretty fast and pretty easy to being pretty damn hard. So there's there's a mix there. But no, the, the kid is the worst of those. They never get that bad again, as far as I'm aware of. I guess, I guess what I'm looking for is, I don't know how many worlds there are in Celeste, but I'm in World 3, where I've only played Celeste for a few hours, somewhere between zero and, I don't know, maybe five or six sort of hours, that a 30-minute... I almost want to call it a side quest, right? A, th a 30 minute gallivant through some side, side missions on, an, on the 8-bit version of the game. It feels very continuity breaking because I, when I played it, wasn't sure what would happen, but expected it to be a couple levels and then, you know, you jump out and it's like, you've, you, you've unlocked something. And I never got the sense that if I quit, I would have finished enough to be able to revisit it later or what have you. So to then have to spend 30 minutes on a level that I was only maybe five to 10 minutes into feels like a weird, like, uh, 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 time split between going through the actual level and going through this one specific piece of it. Was, was that 10 minutes for the level itself or that world free as a whole? Like I, I, so I've basically been playing Celeste in world chunks. So, um, that makes in, sense. That makes sense in, to break it down into those type of... Yeah, yeah I was so, doing Neon White the same way until I just blitzed through the end. Yeah, same, actually. Um, so, so with World 3, I was playing World 3 for maybe, let, let's say 15 minutes, right? Because I, I, didn't, I didn't fucking time myself. It was only because it, it tells you every time you die how long you've spent in the 8-bit levels. Um, I'd spent maybe 15 minutes going through World 3, including some, like, going off and... and collecting strawberries or doing other little side questy bits. And then knowing that I spent 30 minutes, which is longer than I spent in the level, in the side part of the level, 
means that once I got to the end of level three, it was like, huh, is that just going to be how the rest of these levels go? Because I don't know, I don't know what I expect a platformer to do. And this is kind of where I, where I want to see like where, where your thoughts lie on it. But to me, it feels kind of weird that the main bulk of the time spent platforming isn't continuing the platforming, like I'm, I'm using air quotes, like story. Like I'm not continuing the game. I'm basically just <laughs> effectively just farting around doing my own thing for some obscene chunk of time. And then another five or 10 minutes and I beat the, beat the level. And it's like, well, that was a weird use of time because the level itself, if I just gone end to end was like 10 minutes, but all of the weird backtracking and uh, other exploration that I did meant that the entire level took like an hour. Is that a good design or a bad design? And I, I don't really know where I fall on this. Um, I think at the end of the day, is, are you having fun? <laughs> like it's, That's it's the cop out answer. Cop out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it is a cop out answer, but, but like it, it's, it's the answer. Like, do you go in, uh, fluff around to use your own words and then take a step back and be like, whoa, man, I really accomplished nothing versus, oh, okay, I fluffed around. I had a good time. Uh, I want to continue fluffing around. It, 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 it sort of feels like you're looking for a reason not to like it because you're not progressing, but that doesn't, that just because you're not progressing doesn't mean you're not having a good time, if that makes I, sense. That does make sense. I, I, think, I think the well has been poisoned a little bit because of how recently I played Neon White, where uh, Neon White, they give you something new to do every world, even sometimes within worlds, they'll, they'll mix something up or, or give you something, give you a situation to do something differently. Whereas Celeste, it feels kind of like the, uh, the enjoyment is the uh, Dark Souls Elden Ring thing of you survived. <laughs> and, and the mm. enjoyment you glean is that you, you didn't waste two hours, you only wasted one hour getting through some sequence of levels. And it has given me a couple new things to do in that now there's like these weird kind of cosmic blocks that I get momentum pushed through when I, when I jump through them. And those are interesting, but they're not interesting enough to be like, this world was a series of levels that I survived and didn't do anything different enough or make me reconsider what I had to do to be like, that was a really fun level. Because I, again, this could be roast into glasses, but Super Meat Boy, there were some levels where I went, that was a really enjoyable level because of some factor. Or Neon White, that was a really enjoyable level because of some mechanic that they made you use or some way that you had to think about the problem in front of you. Whereas so many of the levels in Celeste, uh, particularly in World 3, have been, uh, the only thing that's changed is the background. And I guess technically there's like a new mechanic of if you're on a platform and then jump off the platform, you can no longer land back on that platform because it's now covered in some like red goo that instantly kills you if you touch it. But there's not enough of a difference in how I approach something or how I need to think about something to get the enjoyment I want out of doing that. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I think it does. Bear with me for a moment because we're, we're going to faff about in my own little world as I try to piece together how I want to approach this topic. Oh, God, he's producing a thought bubble. Quick, Steve, <laughs> um, blow it out, blow it out. Uh, <laughs> it didn't work. The thought bubble's grown bigger. <laughs> I, I don't think that even got picked up by the mic. <laughs> I, I, heard it, I heard it on Discord. That's oh, I mean. man. 
Anyway, yes, um, Seth, go ahead. On the off- outset, it feels like that you basically went and did a world within that level. Like, it took you into its own little, basically, you've done World 1, you've done World 2, you're doing World 3, and in this level within World 3, you've basically done another world that might as well be World 4. Yes. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good way to think about it, yeah. And I think that's a little much. Um, when these little side things pop up, it's like, it's nicer when it's like a small break. Generally, like, thinking of Sonic the Hedgehog, you get these special stages if you meet a requirement and finish a level or find a hidden thing inside a level, go to a little special stage, and you're in and out of those in, like, a minute or two. And Mm. that's kind of the area I want to hit on. I don't mind if it's a little longer. Super Meat Boy has some that are longer, like, maybe you'll spend five minutes on this little series of three levels, and those are fun. And that is probably more where I would have wanted to hit with this sort of thing, going Actually, out you, of your way. You, you and- know what it is? Spring, springboarding off that, you're exactly right. You, you know why the world four within world three rubbed me the wrong way? It's because I, the, like the whole point of Celestial climbing a mountain, in the 8-bit world, I climbed the mountain and I unlocked, normally you, you jump and then you have like a, a dash in some direction. So it, it's kind of, let's call it a double jump, right? For, for argument's sake. I climbed to the top of the mountain in the 8-bit game and I expected that would be where the 8-bit game ended and it didn't. And then I unlocked another jump and it was like, interesting, this shifts up the mechanic. And what I expected from that was another two or three levels of look how much fun or look at all the different ways you could do things with two jumps. And the problem was that was at the 15 to 20 minute mark out of the 30 minutes I spent in in the sub world. And every level past that, it was like, okay, how long? Like it just overstayed its welcome. It felt like such a perfect point to finish it where it like tempts you with here is like the triple jump. Look how much fun this is. Go back and play the main game in this. And, you know, you can you can come back and do more of these worlds. But then every point past that, it was like, I just want this to end. (laughs) I'm not having fun anymore. (laughs) That's that's the other part of it in that from the way you've described it, it's not entirely clear if you can leave and come back to this later at your own leisure. Yeah. And so... And, and point- you, know what, you know what's funny about that? I, when I got to the, the actual ending, and the only reason I knew it was the actual ending is because I couldn't do anything. Like, I got to, like, the second um, top of the mountain, and I just I jumped in every direction trying to find the next thing or expecting the game to take control away from me. It didn't. I alt-tabbed and had to Google, can I quit? And then the name <laughs> of the, uh, like, sub-level area in Celeste found a Reddit post where someone asked the same thing and every comment is just, yes, you can quit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so them not being exactly clear on that also kind of sucks and it's like, these sort of things are better when they're in short bursts. And yes. especially since it's doing that um fake 8-bit aesthetic and I feel like going from what's less normal art style is to that, it's like for half an hour it kind of gets a bit grating on the eyes. Well, it just sort of feels like, what game am I playing here? And yeah. Here, so here, here's the thing. I was expecting Steve to instantly hit me with a skill issue because if I was better at the game, I would just beat the levels faster and it wouldn't be as much of an issue. Sure. Eh. But I still think there's a... I still think overstaying your welcome in level design 
is a problem. And I have a feeling that Celeste is trying to do so much within each of its levels that it could cut down the amount of content without cutting down the experience. And I think that's a, I think that's a detriment or I think I'll start thinking of that as a detriment as I play more. Yeah. For, for me, it's more, this feels like it's something that would have been better if they spaced it out. Like maybe you find an arcade machine every other level and you do like three to five of the levels and then it boots you out and then you go finish a level, go do a little bit more and then you find another arcade machine in yeah. the next world. It's like feeling like you found this and then done world four, basically. It's a bit too much at once. And on on their end, they're like, oh, well, you can quit out of it and then come back to it whenever. That's fine. But if it's, if it's not entirely clear to the player that, that can you can do that, then- <laughs> my, my anxiety won't let me. <laughs> yeah. And you've got someone on Reddit that's done the same thing as you. It's like, oh, maybe maybe it wasn't exactly clear and there could have been something done a little better here. There's also, um, so the, the, there's one minor point that I want to say attached to that and then one other major point unrelated which I want to bring up. So the one minor point uh, related to that, in the 8-bit levels, as soon as you go to the next area, uh, that that's it done. You, you can no longer return to the earlier area. I'm sure if I quit out, I could go through the entire lot back to that point again. And admittedly, again, this is kind of on me. I'm a competitive guy. When I see a strawberry in a level, I want to collect it because I feel like if it's given me a strawberry in the level, there has to be a way for me to get it, right? And so in the 8-bit levels, sometimes, or at least in a couple that I played, they put the strawberry near the level boundary where I've died repeatedly trying to get everything together to get the strawberry. I miss it by, like... I don't know, a, a sprite width. So not, not like a huge, like, it's not like a pixel difference or anything, but like, I miss it, but could, if I restarted that level, get it a second, like get it on the next run. But I've fallen through the world barrier and I'm now in the next level and I can't go back. Oh, Jesus. And I've, and I've, put, uh, yeah, and I've put a few minutes and I put a few minutes into like hooking this one run together to get the strawberry and I fucked it and I might as well have just not bothered and just sped the level and then, and then gone to the next one. So that's a minor point. That, in the grand scheme of things, isn't that big a deal? It's just kind of frustrating in amongst everything else. Um, the other major point I want to I want to touch on, I don't remember how the physics engine of Super Meat Boy works, but I so I used to play a lot of N. Have either of you played a lot of N? Yes. No. N plus okay. is An I think, interesting I think N plus and N plus plus were the ones I played. Yeah, so I played a lot um, of original N and I've heard of these I, played, I played a little bit of all of them actually. Did I played I original N, N plus, and I have N plus plus on Steam, which I haven't touched in a while. Um, mostly because you can play all the old N levels in N++, I'm pretty sure. But uh, N++, it teaches you that momentum is conserved, which is great. So what I mean by that is that, uh, let's say that, let's say your, your jump by holding spacebar is taller than the ceiling you would crash into. In N++, if you run and jump, you will just sit underneath the ceiling for the duration of your jump. It's as if you'd gone up and then come back down where your jump would naturally end, but you're, but you're just off the ground the whole time. Th those are the platformers I really enjoy because they feel really floaty and uh, it, it's- They have in, a lot of momentum my, going for them. Yeah, like- You in, know what else, what weird... other game has uh, physics similar to this? Fancy Pants Adventures. God, those were really fun games. Did not play those ones, but the, the thing that I want to get to, Celeste does not have that. Celeste, if you, if you use your dash into the roof too close to the roof, it kills your momentum and, and your jump is truncated. 
So, yes, it's a skill issue. I need to jump from lower down. But, oh man, is it so hard to fight that that many years of, like, yeah, built-in muscle memory. Yeah, you want to do a roof slide. Of roof sliding and momentum conservation. Yeah, no, and Super Meat Boy also had roof sliding and wall sliding. Okay. I wasn't sure. Like, okay, Celeste does have wall sliding. It does have that going for it. But roof sliding, I wasn't sure if Super Meat Boy did as well. And I'm glad it does because, oh man, is it getting... It's this is what I meant. So I raised this last week in terms of me not quite clicking with the movement options available. And I think I boiled it down to this one being the one that's just tripped me the most where I just expect things like that to work. And it punishes me for that. And on one hand, skill issue, just get better. Fine. On the other hand, God, it's annoying. <laughs> but no, that does sound annoying. That Like you could get better, but that seems like a. One of those things is keep playing, replaying that level and you'll eventually get better. And the thing is, the thing is, you do, right? Like, you have, to, you have to get better to finish the level because you have to finish the level to finish the worlds. So, on that sense, it's working in the, in the retraining me to think about that sort of thing. But it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, I, I, think, I think the difference is, in, again, throwing back to Neon White, which I think stems from a lot of this of just how much I love Neon White to how much I want other games to be like Neon White, even though they're not. Um, doing a really hard route still left you a little bit of room for maneuver. You didn't have to be perfect to get the route that you want unless you're me and Seth trying to fight over like one frame difference. We were fucking close to the world record on 1-1. One, one. It's infuriating how close that got. 1-1 one, one um, killed my drive to do the rest of the game, honestly. Like, I was so sick of World 1. I wanted to do the fun levels, but I also had the mentality of like, no, beat Patrick at World 1 and then move on to the fun levels and beat those times. It's like, I got stuck on World 1, the first level, so much. It's just like, no, I, I need to get out while it's still healthy. So the, the difference is for me, um, in Celeste, you don't have that room for error right off the bat where I can't think of too many levels that I failed outright that many times in Neon White and Neon White granted isn't a game set up to make you fail over and over again, but it still feels every uh, now and then they'll hit you with a trap and then it's like, oh, so that's how that mechanic works sort of thing. Kind of. And, and you feel like, um, like I, I want to talk about like one, three as a good example for that, where, uh, once you figure out the kind of correct speed run strat or a speed run strat that is just better than yours, it feels shaky while you try and get it down. And then once you get it down, you know, whether or not you've got it, yeah. I'm still, I'm still at the point six hours into Celeste where some jumps just feel unnatural to me and I don't know if I'll make it or not and it's annoying that I'm still not comfortable enough with the movement system that I can't make that call and it seems like such a minor thing but it really is weird when you're like holding your breath hoping to make a jump where there's no reason why this jump will make it or won't make it because there has to be some reason for it right it's not like you jump a random height in Celeste but it's just not fully grasping how I'm guessing it's the momentum or something that it just makes you feel uh, like not very confident in your own platforming abilities. So that combined with not being able to roof slide combined with uh, kind of extensive um, backtracking or, or like side platforming other than the kind of core levels that you're going through in a world. I'm a little shaky as to whether or not I'm enjoying Celeste overall. I'm really enjoying parts of it. But it's just the, these little things are just starting to creep a few doubts into my mind. 
Yeah, this might be me reading a little too deeply into it because of impressions I've seen on Twitter. I know that the game tries to have, well, it does have themes of like mental health and uh, some other things going on, and they try to play with those in gameplay as well. So maybe that tense feeling you get on specific jumps is somewhat intentional, but that may be just also me putting something there where it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's a bit of copium. Um, it's a real interesting take, though. Anyway, bit of copium. Final word from you, Steve. I've heard very good things about Celeste, like to the point that it's been told that it is one of the platformers of all time. But as someone who's not a really big fan of platformers, um, I have not played it yet. And it's interesting to see your perspectives on the way that it feels isn't very good. I don't know. It's you've kind of maybe because it's only I've only heard positive things about it to hear a negative yeah, thing about it. It's like, huh, huh. Maybe people are just blind. But then maybe it's it's <laughs> the audience. Like I'm not sure because as someone as a long time fast travel law experiences of this podcast know, uh, my experience with that ukulele in the Impossible Lair was just a platform game. Uh, it was a pretty good game. I just did not gel with it well because it is a platforming game. Um, and maybe that's sort of, uh, if the genre is not for me, that doesn't mean it's a bad game. It just means it's not for me type of game, uh, yeah. which means I probably wouldn't play a game like this just because it's a platformer. But then at the same time, I've been told it's that good. Uh, so I don't, then, I don't know where I stand. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm the same. Like I, I, I think about these things and then I have to go look in the mirror to see whether or not I've turned into Josh of just having a <laughs> contrarian take for the sake of it. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'll um I'll be sure to to post uh you know the next Celeste update when I play a bit more. But it's funny for me because I've also been on the receiving end of no, this game's fantastic and everything, but very rarely have I seen it be praised for the gameplay. It's a lot for its messaging on mental health that I've seen, and that's probably just from the circles that I see. Um, hmm. but I'm still very interested in seeing how it plays for myself. I do know a handful of people that really do enjoy the gameplay of it. But a lot of like the massive praise I see is for its story and messaging. Yeah, and yeah, I I've gotten I haven't gotten enough into the story to to say for or against whether I agree with that. But I've seen it set things up that I can see how it would do storytelling and that sort of messaging very well. Um, final final thing I'll say, uh, this is what are we at? Maybe the the third or fourth game in a list of. Games I wouldn't ordinarily go out of my way to play, but I've had, but I've heard nothing but extraordinarily good things about them from other places. So this is in the same list as things like Hades, Neon White, and I'm sure there's another one that I'm that I can't quite think of at the moment. But another game that I, looking at it on the Steam, would go, oh, that game looks okay, but not really the sort of thing I'm I'm seeking out. But hearing so many good things about it, going, actually, yeah, I'll give this game a shot. And it's weird that Hades turned into one of my favorite games of all time. Neon White turned into one of my favorite games of all time. But Celeste, and it's like, I don't know, not yet. <laughs> it might it might come around on me, but this is the first one that hasn't been an absolute standout from, from all the praise that I've heard about it. But anyway, talking about it for long enough, uh, well, long enough, even um, that, that's, that's <laughs> what I'll say. That's on a good that. one. Uh, thank you. Uh, you know what they say? Best things come in twos. Uh, <laughs> you heard me um i don't want to spend too long on this but i just want to really quickly get your final borderlands 3 thoughts steve because i don't think we 
I don't think we went through. No, nah, we didn't. I, we I did talk about much. it, but I was a little like halfway through it. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, the story is shit, but the DLC is pretty good. Um, but it's the I, same take as the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no Josh for you mind. today. Um, yeah, no, like I 100% and I got all the achievements. Favorite DLC? Or Psycho Krieg's one is really good. But in terms of like general theme, I think the uh, Blood, Love and Tentacles, because um, that one is a bit more of a story hook. Uh, it brings back the Macromancer, which is like one of my favorite DLC from Borderlands 1. Um, yeah, it's just a bit more of investment in backstory and characters rather than just a, a do something wacky. Um, I, really, I really, they're all really good though. Um, yeah, they not. all do their own thing, which I, which yeah. I really like. Yeah, it's it's also weird that they they increase the max level to seventy two. It's just a weird number to be. But like, yeah. you'll be seventy two, but then enemies will be like boss enemies, especially will be like seventy four, seventy five. And I was like, oh cool, I can hit level seventy four. And I'm like, oh fuck, no, I can't. Like seventy two is a hard cap. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, I didn't really play without getting too much into it. There's like mayhem mode, which literally just inflates enemy damage and health by like degrees of I think. 10,000 is like mayhem level 10, but it gives you like better loot and all that kind of thing. I did experiment with that kind of thing, but I sort of got to a point that's like, I don't really care. Um, then I got to a stage at the end that like I had like the rarest gear and I was like one shotting everything. So, but then I was collecting all the achievements, so it didn't really matter anyway. Uh, but no, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy Borderlands 3. Um, regardless of whether you played any of the other Borderlands, you don't really need to. Um, it gets better. Uh, the story's pretty shit but who, who cares the gameplay is fucking fantastic still a 9 in, out of 10 in, in the in the weirdest way i think this is a game where if you play borderlands 2 you'll want to play borderlands 1 to to like what am i trying to say borderlands 2 is improved by playing borderlands 1 because you get all the references and all the story notes but mm. because the story is so universally disliked in borderlands 3 it does not matter if you've played borderlands 1 or 2 it's one of those things where Borderlands 2 is enhanced by playing Borderlands 1, but it's not necessary. But it is nice to have those little references and callbacks to the other characters and, like, point at the screen, I remember you, you're the player character from the last game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, welcome that, that, to everyone watching the Mario movie at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> that gif of Leonardo like, with the, the whistle thing, like, come whistle. Uh, but yeah, but, they do, yeah, it yeah. does do a couple of things like that. And the, the opening sort of thing sort of sub- does set that sort of scene. Um, like you've got like Tannis and Maya, which is one of the playable characters from 2, and Lilith and all that. They're all there. Uh, yeah. So you can be like, oh, cool. Like I know all these people, but like I don't really care about them in number three. There are a couple of moments in three that are good, but like it's... I don't think it's a story that's bad. I just think the villains are bad. And because the villains are so bad, they drag everything down. Yes. Uh, 100%. There are, there, there, there's two bits that I want to hit with that. I'm not trying to turn this into a big Borderlands 3 discussion. It's just, I'm just curious because I want to try and get like a whirlwind wrap of your thoughts while, we, while we're in this. Um, do you think, Border, so Borderlands 3 improved by going to different planets, yes or no? Um, it made it more diverse, if that makes sense. Uh, like it gave different biomes to explore, like not the same. Oh, here's your ice level. Here's your forest level. Here's your uh, desert level. It gave us like, okay, cool. This is the desert planet. There's a bunch of different sort of desert biomes in here, if that makes sense. And it does make it seem like 
bigger and more like it makes the universe seem more fleshed out and lived in and there's different things going on so i mostly agree however i think this is where the story gets weaker because you'll go to a planet and there is a character that you that you like that comes from like a reference or something that is on that planet for the for the sole existence of continuing the story and you're like okay cool now whatever happens to this character is fairly inconsequential to the rest of the story because they're off on their own fucking planet yeah okay that's fair but i I think it's more of a hey we're in your area you're going to help a brother out. You up. <laughs> yeah. But, but then it also as well, like, I think the first time I went to a different planet, I expected to see similar enemies, but, like, the only real cinema, similar enemies are the Children of the Vault. Like, all, like, the, the wildlife enemies are different. So I thought that was, that was like, it's a lot of enemy diversity, not in the sense that, that That's a good point. They, yeah. No, fair, yeah, they don't, fair point they don't do that. different cool. things. They still die in a couple of bullets. Um, but how they look. <laughs> Uh, and how they semi like the elemental how they attack. Being <laughs> able to sell that you're on a different planet is really appreciated. And yeah, doing, I expect it would just like- be like yeah, I expect it to just be the same enemies. And it's like oh hey, this one's got like monkey enemies, or this one has uh, what are the rat things called? Rarals or something? It doesn't matter. But yeah, I, I appreciated that. It was just a bit more attention to detail. Yep, that's fair. Uh, favorite gun that you found along the way? Oh fucking hell. Um, for I did have a sniper at one point that did, or or if if, the, if not gun, just like a memorable piece of gear. Ah, uh, they're all fucking fantastic. Like one of the the guns I've got, uh, I ended up like staying with one of my best ones. It's a SMG that has like a burst fire, and the burst fire is literally ten bullets. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and it does like massive amounts of radiation damage, and the full clip is like sixty-eight. So if you go to full auto, you literally just hold it down, and you're shooting like sixty-eight bullets in like less than three seconds. It was just very fast, and it was like, oh shit! And it did help with a lot of uh, a lot of boss fights, especially in the DLC one. Final final couple questions. Uh, was there an, an achievement to do any of the um, takedowns? What do you mean takedowns? Like the the planet, like the challenge planets, where they're designed to be done with like four people, and uh, it's like oh, it's like, no. like the gauntlet runs, the gauntlet like yeah, like no. one black site and stuff. No, no, no. There's achievements for do, like doing the circle of slaughter, which you can do solo. There's an achievement for doing one of the raid bosses they introduced in one of the DLCs, uh, uh, the designer cut, I think, um, or the director's cut. Um, the, all was done solo. There's there's none of those gauntlet sort of challenges that you needed four people for. Thank mm. God, because. I didn't have to look for that. I I would say that I'm close to doing 100% in Borderlands 3. I don't know because I play it on Epic like a moron. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm sure I'm approaching having gotten 100% of everything. Um, final final question. The, uh, yeah. Ava, Ava uh, yes or no? No. Like, like as, as a character, I mean. Straight not like up, anything no. weird. No? Yeah, fair. Yeah. She, she does get no, a bit redeemed with like the... Seth (laughs) Seth no (laughs) Uh, she does get a little bit redeemed because in one of the DLC she gets like a she's starting up a podcast like a ghost podcast yeah Um, yeah, pretty much yeah it's called Mysteriously Um, and that's those quests are fun but her as a character in those quests is shit and I think she's a shit character and literally she's like responsible for a a major death let's say we say yeah, Spe- speaking of major death, uh, when that major death is revisited in Krieg's DLC, did you cry? 
Uh, no, that was probably like the most emotional thing. I'm like, whoa, they, they can tell a serious story that isn't just a sarcastic comment every two seconds. Oh, and actually, I'm, I'm going to make one comment about the humor in this game. Well, uh, well, hold up, just, 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 to like, just to like close the loop on, um, on, on the Craig thing. Craig has been a character that I remember looking at the trailer of in like back in high school and chatting about how great Borderlands was with mates and everything. So when they closed the loop on on one of Craig's major arcs with how it ends in his DLC, um, those who have played will know what I'm talking about. Those who haven't, there shouldn't be any spoilers in there. It fucking hit me. Not like falling at a Borderlands game, but just being like, wow, I did not expect to feel this like like given given how shit i think the writing is in a lot of places in borderlands 3 i'm surprised how well they managed to like smack me for like for a six with this one yeah that, that whole section is like fantastic yeah well just the, the point on the writing um and it's, this is literally a a comment that, that i'm going to steal from yahtzee like the escapist um it's i didn't notice it until i saw a video on humor in games and he actually says it it's that borderlands entire humor is built on sarcasm and literally it's funny for the first like five minutes and it's like okay it's not funny anymore i get it like you oh i I think you're gonna say something but then you said something else or you you made a shitty pun again or you're just saying dumb shit for the sake of dumb shit like it's it does sort of drain on you in a bit and i think that's why the writing is shit like it's not it's clever in the sense of in that moment it's clever but taking a step back it's like that's not clever like that's not funny Fair. I I disagree because I think uh, I think that that uh, I think that applies to a lot of Borderlands humor, but I think there are plenty of moments that are funny in their own right because of well done character development to make characters their own. Like I'm thinking of like Tiny Tina, for example. A lot of what Tiny Tina does is funny, not because it's sarcastic, but because you uh. they, they were able to cookie cut what that character is to the point where you can anticipate what humor is coming and it still pulls off as very funny. And I think that falls through with characters like the, um, the, the, whatever the twins, Calypso twins, whatever, for the same reasons that the story, that the characters are not strong enough to carry any humor they try and tell, which is why I fucking hate them. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's not get into it. I hate Tiny Tina as a character because it's like, ah, explosions, funny. Well, it is, so fuck you. Yeah, mm, <laughs> um, But yeah, cool. I, I highly recommend everybody get Borderlands 3. Um, and I, it's I, on I everything. I've, I, it's true. I, I don't, don't buy it on Epic Games. I, I made a mistake. <laughs> I, I wanted it early. Well, they um, had that exclusivity deal, didn't they? For six yeah, months? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, no, it was a year. It was a year. A year? Fucking hell. Yeah. Fun. Well, I hope it was a year. I'm pretty sure it was a year. If it was six I'm months, pretty I sure bad. it was a year. I'm pretty actually, sure it was, no, it might have been six months, actually. I think that no, might I, be one of the shorter was, ones. No, no, I think it was six months for Tiny Tina's um, uh, Wonderlands. Maybe. I, I think it was a was a year. Anyway, um, final, final, final thing, because I know that I've said final like three times now. Uh, I got to the end of Borderlands 3, and less so at the end of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. And I know that I said this a few times, but it made me appreciate how fantastic Borderlands 2 was. Same thoughts, yes or no? I uh, sort of. like. Uh, from a pure gameplay point of view, I think this is a little bit tighter and you get a bit of parkour and stuff. And then I, and maybe that's just because Borderlands 2 was so good. They didn't really have to change that much to make Borderlands 3 amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I, Borderlands 2 is probably a fantastic... Or it, no, it is a fantastic game, probably in my top 10 games of all time. Um, uh, but it's, it still stands by itself as a fantastic game, if that's what you're trying to say. 
Like, I'm not going to go back and play Borderlands 2. <laughs> <laughs> but a handsome collection I mean, is right there. Yeah, I know, you, I got I, it. you absolutely should. Uh, don't play I've already played through it like three times. Fuck, like- fuck, fuck Australia. <laughs> I, I, I don't like the future where Australians are on the moon. I will do everything in my power to stop that from happening. Um, anyway, uh, thank you for that, Steve. Um, man, that, that quick chat turned into 13 minutes real fast, huh? Do be like that. It's never quick when we say it'll be quick. Well, it's never quick when I say it'll be quick. Uh, sorry, everyone. Pokemon Stadium, Steve. Uh, I, I I'm not going to spend fuck. too much time on this. We've spoken oh, for too sure. long. Here we go. Um, 20 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> um, well, I played a couple of the mini games. I played a couple of the things. It's very how, cool. How was, how, how was your nap? Oh, it was good. It's a good nap. I literally <laughs> just like, closed my eyes. <laughs> for I, can tell that, I can tell that you got very confused there for a second. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I literally you, just closed you, my you eyes. Were, you, you were a big like lucid dreamer or? No, nah, 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 I don't really have a lot of dreams unless I've like, had a couple of drinks and I get like weird dreams. Um, but like uh, my, uh, my trick like for napping episode is like- 69 I- dreams? Oh, <laughs> it's a 69 of the boys. Um, oh, there we go. Wait, hang on. Uh, but like I-, I nap on the lounge uh, so I don't sleep for too long and I slept for like 45 minutes and it's like I was sleeping in a very uncomfortable position. I'm like, well, man, I was out for ages. Um, but yeah, anyway, Pokemon Stadium, like it's, it's more hitting me with the nostalgia. Um, uh, we've yeah. said it before, we've said it again. The fact that there is no red, blue or yellow to transfer the the Pokemon over is fucking rough. Um, like the rental Pokemon is shit. Um, but the animations are really cool. Uh, the announcer announcing the moves and if it's a critical hit, it's like, whoa, it's a critical hit is like fantastic. And I didn't notice it before, but there were like uh, crowd noises. Um, that like when you use a move, they're like, whoa. So everybody that says that in Gen 8 <laughs> when they brought stadiums, it's like, well, Pokemon you, Stadium you, 1 you did it first. You use a move and there's a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't affect ah oh. um but no that is it is but the problem is with like the gen one mechanics like there's no physical special split um i was versing brock just before this and his onyx nose bind or, or wrap or whatever and it's like okay it's wrapped me i can't make a move he can only do rap and because he's faster than me he's just always going to click that rap button so i couldn't <laughs> move and i'm like this is fuck man and so i just ended up returning um and because I returned, like I changed my Pokemon on a on a turn when he was sort of stuck in the loop. He didn't use a new move, and because of my new Pokemon was faster, I was like, "See you later." Um, but yeah, the rental Pokemon is shit. That's just very disappointing. Uh, and the mini games are a bit harder than what I remember them to be. Um, but I think that's just because they're designed for an N sixty four controller, and because they're straight ports, they haven't updated the control screen to make it with like the Switch Pro controller. It's just very fucking awkward. Huh. But yeah, like it's on the it's on the Nintendo sixty four online. If you, I might play another forty five minutes an hour. But I, uh, and then random Pokemon st- will give you the shits. Yeah, and it's a bit <laughs> slower paced than what the new Pokemon games are in terms of the battles. Like it's the nostalgia just hit me. I'm like, oh cool, I remember this. I'm like, oh, all, all I remember fun this games now. To mega evolve your Gengar. Doesn't exist in Gen one, big fella. But um, but either the held items or abilities, and it's just a bit. It's just like all the. Step forwards they've made to make it. I, more competitive. I guess I'm neither lost. with the fairy type, right? Yeah, fairy type doesn't exist. Uh, the <laughs> it's, only it's ghost so... attacking type move is lick, um, which Ganga <laughs> doesn't even need to know. Which Ganga doesn't know. It's it's so weird to me that like I, I I think we had a, a version of this chat with the BDSP remakes, but it's like it's it's so weird. Like the the HMs, like sorry, the TMs as an example thing. 
it was a universally loved quality of life upgrade to bring new people into it. It's kind of weird that they do a direct port to the point where they regress and toss out all of the mechanics they've built up on top of it over the years. Yeah, and, I, and uh, so I had like a Hitmonchan and no Thunder Punch and Ice Punch. <laughs> um, but I'm because of how, the Onyx. Oh, because like Gen One, the way it worked, uh, all electric, is a special baby. Well, yeah, all electric type moves and all ice type moves are special, and Hitmonchan has a special of like sixty three. But Onyx has a special of like 80. So, and because special attacks work against. Uh, special against all, special. Yeah, special against yeah. special. It doesn't ca- count for defense. I'm like, I'd still like to hit the, the Onyx. It was still pretty. It's it, it just, there's, yeah, you're right. They've taken a lot of steps forward. And it's like, how much they could have. And I sort of understand if they were to fix it up, it's become that whole, oh, it's technically a remaster. Give us 60 bucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which I wouldn't do. Um, this game is not worth and then, 60 and bucks. And you're like, excuse me. And then uh, Pokemon pushes their glasses up and go, oh, I'm sorry. That'll be 80 bucks. <laughs> and just to show you I'm serious, I've already taken the money out of your account. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just there's a lot of quality of life things that, uh, that new Pokemon games have done that this is like, oh, yeah, it's, it's nostalgia, but oh, Wait, this is annoying. Shit. This is Dark annoying. type and steel type also don't exist. Do, do they? not exist. No. Yep. Yeah. Fuck. Magneton, Magnemite, only steel type. Uh, sorry, only electric Only types. electric, yeah. Um, not that it matters because it's like, those are the only steel types. Onyx, Onyx, no- Onyx doesn't know it can evolve. Yeah, which is probably why it's stats are a bit higher than what it should be. <laughs> so at the risk of Steven showing me down just to end this topic sooner, but... You've talking about a lot of things um, that the newer gens just do better, but is there anything from this game that you wish was still around in the, the newer games? 100%. The announcer. <laughs> the announcer. Yeah, no, I, I made the people of that question just because of the announcer. Yeah, the, the announcer is fantastic. <laughs> I like how he like, gets excited when it's, oh, whoa, critical hit. Oh, that's not very effective. Like, it's... it's oh, it's been put to sleep. Wait, 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 wait. What are, you, what are you doing tossing out not very effective hits? Come on, uh, it's, uh, the, it's the enemy you're, Pokemon. You're, you're, you're a tournament competing Pokemon player. What the fuck are you doing? It's the enemy Pokemon giving it to me. Um, yes, Gen 1, just throw out a really fast Pokemon and it'll always crit. Well, I got Alakazam, Alakazam, Psybeam, we're winning. Oh, um, yeah. GG. Yeah, like GG, shake my hand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can you rent a Mewtwo? <laughs> um, I don't know. You can't use them in the stadium that I played, so. Uh, Seth, Seth that, that's known as calling the bully hunters. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you can actually, but I, I haven't looked though. Uh, but and also the, the mini games as well are pretty fun. I do remember a lot of times playing my brother and my friends with them. Um, then I played like one against the computer, and I'm like, huh, these mini games don't really control very well. Uh, <laughs> like the Ekans one, you need to use the D-pad to position your Ekans and then like flick the stick. But obviously, the Switch Pro controller is different sensitivity to the Nintendo 64 and, controller. And you've, got so the, you, you've got the stick drift, so you're always like <laughs> tossing no, it to the, pro, the left. It's the, it's the pro controller, not the joke gun. Um, <laughs> I'm fine with that. But yeah, yeah, the mini games, uh, it's sort of just a bit side content, have fun with friends, but the announcer gives it a lot more soul. It's like a- Yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, you, you thinking of continuing? Like how, how much, how much, how many more legs do you think have, uh, that this game has? Uh, like maybe an hour, I might play in the morning for a bit or something before work. It's like a very brain dead type of game. Like I'll do my move and I'll like while I'm playing on my phone and all that kind of thing. But you gotta watch the animations. That's like the entire uh, appeal the of Pokemon Stadium. My Alakazam always moves faster. The side beam animation looks the same. <laughs> um, it's special is that high that yeah. Can you yeah. can you nuzlocke Pokemon Stadium? Uh 
or maybe you have I to... mean kind of if they put in Pokemon transferring later. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's where it is. That's where we stand. And Stan we shall. Thank you for that, Steve. Uh and with that we come to the end of Round Lounge for this week. Thank you to Seth and Steve as always. No worries, thanks nice for having me. To Wow. What what's the line from Emperor's New Groove? You throw off my groove. I'm sorry, but you threw off the Emperor's Groove and then we toss you out of the out of the, the fucking palace. Interesting how you're calling yourself an Emperor. Well interesting. Hey. The Emperor's new host. If I <laughs> if if I gotta be a llama to to steer the ship, then boy howdy, I, I will. Anyway. <laughs> this um, is where you'd um, make the llama noise, but I don't think you know that. <laughs> I thought, I, I thought about trying it. I'm just like, no, no, no. It's already gone bad. Let's not make it get. Let's not make it get worse. Um. Anyway, uh, in the in the wise words of Kronk, it's all coming together. Um, starting with news. Uh, there's no Alice sequel. Uh, coming. Uh, thanks to thanks to EA. Uh, thanks which, EA. Uh, <laughs> next up in the news. No, I um, I I never I never really played either of the the two Alice games. I heard about the second one. I think but didn't play either. Did either of you play these? I haven't. I know a lot about, well, I've heard a lot about Madness Returns and people loving it. Um, That's the it's, second one, right? Yeah. yeah and cool. it's something I've been wanting to play for ages, just never got around to it sort of thing. And uh, I've only I did, just I did vaguely play Madness heard Return. of American Big Geezer Alice, which is the first one. Like, I didn't know that Madness Returns was a sequel until I looked into it some, some more. I did. I have played and Alice Madness Returns. Um, it ran. Did the Madness about, Return? I literally ran t- ten frames a second. Um, so I did not like that. So Based you went mad soul. playing it. <laughs> <laughs> certified Kino. Yeah, certified Framo. Um, Just like Bayonetta but, on PS3. <laughs> yeah. So that's it was. It's like getting witch timed uh, in Smash, but in yeah. real life. But at the same time, it's it's uh, this story especially. It's like a uh, who cares? Like it's been like what thirteen years? Like nobody cares anymore either. Uh, uh, 12, the guy actually, that they oh. the main uh, um director or writer for it um wanted wanted to do a third game and has been trying for a long time. Yeah, uh, McGee pitched the project in twenty seventeen, and it seems like they've been trying to get it going for a while. And EA is just going. Yeah, the series is important to us, but we're not going to do a new game. We will keep the IP, but we're not going to do anything with it. That That's the bit that fucking rubs me the wrong way, where it's like, can we do a new game? No. Okay, can I do a new game? Also, no. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> yeah, and they've got a rough script and everything going on, and they want to tie up the loose ends that were left with Madness Returns. It's just is very frustrating. Right? That like the, the Madness Return, that's all there is. I'm assuming the madness returned, and now we got to put the madness back. Steve, can you confirm? <laughs> I, I on it, it. It's been so long. I fucking hated that game. Um, it's a 3D <laughs> platformer. I was fucking shit at it because it ran at fucking 10 frames a second. Um, Skill issue. No, from the fucking game itself. Um, well, uh, anyway, sad, sad news for Alice fans everywhere, I guess. But uh, speaking of skill issues, um, Seth, how good are you at chess? Not very. How good are you at fighting games? <laughs> Pretty decent. Okay, shit, I don't like my chances. Uh, Steve, <laughs> how good are you at chess? Uh, amazing. Top 10 players of all time. How good are you at fighting games? Uh, amazing, one of the top 10 players of all time. 
I like his confidence. Hire him. <laughs> he's, he's got chutzpah. I'll give him that. Um, well, the good news is then you might be one of the top 10 players of all time at the new uh, chess fighting game. Game. Checkmate showdown. Um, I'm looking at this and I swear I played a fucking Xbox game. A version game. of this on Miniclip 10 years ago. <gasps> I think I found it. Um, there is a game called Wrath of the Titans that came out for the original Xbox. Um, no, that's not it. Um, never mind. Keep looking. <laughs> Give me another couple of guesses and you'll be as confident as me and get them all wrong. No, it is called It is called Wrath of the Titans. Is it Ronin? Is it Lies of P? Crash of the Titans? No, it's not Crash of the Titans. It's a Crash Bandicoot game. Is it game. Black Myth Monkey King? Look, no. Continue your story. Or I will continue my Google foo. Um, and let's see how we go. Zef, uh, as as a local game, uh, lo- local fighting game uh, aficionado, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I think this is incredibly funny to see. Um, chess, as we all know, is a little outdated. Could use something fresh to push it to new heights. They tried to, what was it, last year with using vibrators to put, make plays. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, but that didn't go on, over too hang well. On. What? <laughs> oh, didn't you didn't hear about the whole controversy about this player? Um, oh, is, butt plug gate. Yeah, butt plug gate. <laughs> butt plug gate. Shut up. No, I, I I did hear about that. Um, I've forgotten the name of the guy, but uh, I never knew who, the name of the oh, guy. Uh, Neiman, Neiman, Hans Neiman. Boom, got it. There we go. Good yeah. old Hans Neiman trying to spice up chess. Is, isn't, it, isn't it great that I'm shit at both chess and fighting games and I can pull that name out of my ass like he did the uh, butt plug in the chess game? That was never confirmed. <laughs> but it was never denied. Actually, it was denied. It was, yeah, denied, it was denied pretty denied. heavily. Yeah, no, he, he got offered uh, like several hundred thousand dollars to play a chess game naked. Yeah, didn't he say he will play naked just to prove that he's not doing it? I think conceptually it's very funny. I don't remember what happened with the, with the rest of that story, but regardless. Yeah, this is this is the other type of spice we needed where um so it seems like pawns will just get taken over if they're um if they're hit, but if like a knight goes up against a rook, then it starts up a little fighting game mini game between the players and to uh, whoever wins uh that fighting game match is the is the one that's left standing. To give some rules <gasps> that they've found given. It. It's Wrath Unleashed. Wrath um, Unleashed. Yeah, it, it was like, it, okay, now that I'm looking at the Wikipedia article and pictures of this game, it wasn't chess. It was like a, it was like a. It was checkers, wasn't it? No, it had like a, what are the hexagon type of things? Um, what? Settlers the, of Catan? Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, it's a board over hexagonal spaces. I've completely derailed this conversation. Um, I don't care about whatever we're talking about now. Um, Civilization? But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's like Civilization, but it's got, um, you know what, uh, I, I don't, I, I, let's just move on. <laughs> it is, I, I think this might be Civilization-ish. Yeah. Wrath Unleashed is a chess-like game that combines strategy with combat. I literally said that. Yeah. I'm yeah, glad I mean, we like went was, on this tangent. I'm not. <laughs> um, if you're at home, want to play Wrath Unleashed, uh, Google it. Watch some gameplay, because I think I played a demo version of it, and I wasn't very good. Okay, well, yeah, back, let, let's... Back to Checkmate let, Showdown. Yeah, let's talk about the defining factors. Uh, did Wrath Unleashed have robot netcode, Steve? Well, wait, steal uh, my thunder. Do not think it had uh, online, actually. <laughs> that, is, that is what they call me. 
Mr. Host on the Streets, steal your thunder in the sheets. <laughs> oh. Actually, don't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking or saying that they don't? <laughs> uh, anyway, Seth, does this have rollback netcode? <laughs> it does. It's like the only thing we know about the game is that it has rollback netcode. Yeah, no way. That's crazy. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> they, they say they're planning a Steam release and maybe a PlayStation version down the line. And that's, that's literally all we know about the game besides the one trailer they've shown. Mm. Uh, is this a game that you are keeping your eye on? Oh, absolutely. I, like, I'm shit at chess, but I do like playing it. And this is just a funny way to play chess with people. I wonder if there's going to be a game mode for suicide chess once this comes out. Trying what? to tactfully lose as much as you can. Oh, okay. It's like, was... it's like chess in reverse. The first person to lose all their pieces wins. Right. That'd be interesting. But when you get to the fighting game part, it's just both players putting their controller down and waiting <laughs> for the timer. GG, shake my hand. <laughs> um, anyway, next up on the list, we have, well, wow. Actually, speaking of lists, damn, what a segue. Uh, we have Gamescom 2023's uh, announcement set for uh, August 22. I'm, I'm excited for our next list episode. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> <laughs> we, we now have a date confirmed for the next list. Steve, tiebreak. Yay or nay for a list? Uh, nay. Depending what's on the list. Steven, you're meant to have my back on this one. You're always in support of lists. Steve, a, a list could have anything. Anything in the world. It could even have a list. I knew you were going there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was too good to pass up. It was. It really was. Speaking of things that are too good to pass up, uh, Seth, are you getting the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster series? I already have it on PC. <laughs> Seth, you're supposed to have my back in these. <laughs> I, I hope that... Um, so it's coming to PlayStation and Switch and it's got some nice new things coming. I hope they come to the PC version so I don't have to double dip. This collection <laughs> is expensive. It's 75 US dollars. Jesus. Actually, I think I think you did talk about that, but it's still very funny. Yeah, as someone who doesn't really care enough to buy it myself. Like individually the prices of each game seems fine. It's when you bundle all six together it's like you could have discounted these a little bit more. <laughs> uh, what about you, Steve? Interest in the Final Fantasy Pixel remakes? Interest in very so. strong. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I not really, to be honest. Give it a uh, year, and it'll be on Game Pass. But uh, debatable. Um, I just don't think Final Fantasy one through six. Um, have uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Have aged very well. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, okay. it. Um, have aged very well. It doesn't. Out of those ones, I've only played three and four, and I heavily disagree in the case of four. Three ages <laughs> a little bit. I still enjoy that very much, but four is like, it's very, it still holds up really well as like a person's first RPG experience. Okay, let me ask you a question then. Is there any point in either of those games where you are forced to grind? No. No, actually. Okay, there's a bit of, bit of hesitation in there. Um, okay, I'm, question it, number it's two. It's me trying to remember because I played for about 10 years ago now, and I'm pretty sure I didn't have to grind in that game. Uh, okay, question number two. Did it have random encounters? It does, 
But, but, oh, but, 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 the other two things that they also include in these releases is being able to change the soundtracks between the um the old versions and the new orchestral arrangements for the songs uh, in all the games, and a option to change the font into something that looks readable instead of being the <laughs> shitty mobile game fonts that everyone yeah. hated. On yeah, PC, that one's easy to fix because you just swap out the uh, font style in the um games uh, any files. But the other things would be really nice to have come to Steam. Yeah, but uh, yeah, all right, that does make it sort of a bit better in my eyes. Um, uh, seventy-one bucks, but uh, that's American, isn't it? Yeah, seventy-five know, American for all of them together. Probably over a hundred. That's not on the Xbox, is it? Hmm, interesting. Probably no for me, dog. I'd, I say give it a year and it'll be on Game Pass. I'm pretty sure they're just waiting for Xbox to give them a cash payment to put it on Game Pass before they port it. Don't forget, and you, I'm surprised uh, you don't know this already, Seth. Uh, as of the time of this recording, the 12th of April, there are no Final Fantasy games on Game Pass. They used to have a lot of them, and now they have none of them. But they might have a lot of them again soon. Maybe. Where's Final Fantasy 14, huh? Huh? This seems like very anti-consumerist by Sony. Where's Final Fantasy 16, huh? Ask Yoshi P. He, no. he said at PAX he loves PlayStation. Yeah? Actually, no, that was his translator. Yeah, it's his translator. There you go. He probably says he hates PlayStation. But that, Jim Ryan was like, no, you can't say that, buddy. That's a very bad British accent. I can't do accents. Um, <laughs> again, anyway, uh, go forward. All right. Uh, if you can't do accents, can you do Persona 3 remake rumors? I'm begging you, Patrick, please don't give me hope. I, I am puffing all of the hopium with this article. Uh, let's go a bit of a into Stephen background. Um, about oh, no, once, not again. Once or twice a week, I'll it's go so into. <laughs> once or twice a week, I'll go into gaming leaks and rumors, like the Reddit that that Reddit channel. God forbid. Uh, and then a lot of it's like, oh yeah, that's cool, that's cool. And then I saw this, and I was like, huh, surely that's not real. And then a bunch of other stuff started picking it up. I'm like. <gasps> And then there was a video clip, and then there was more video clips. Yeah, and a video and clip then, that, and that then included Jet Set Radio Future. Oh, and then to add fuel to the fire, there were Sonic Frontiers clips that looks very real. So uh, yeah, I, so that, the things that. so that adds credibility to things around it. Oh, okay. So let's start. Let's uh, let's start at the top. Um, so <laughs> this is literally just me uh, screaming. So uh, it's essentially. Persona 3, uh, I think her name is Akari. Uh, the Yuka- videos of her. Uh, Yukari. Yukari. Um, it's her Yukari. drawing Yukari. a bow. Yeah, Yukari. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, the footage is of her like drawing a bow and shooting it, and that's the only footage. And then it's like 30 seconds of Sonic, and then it's like five seconds of, uh, I think his name's Beat from Jet Set Radio. Um, Beat, Gum, and someone else. I think yeah. that might be a new character. Uh, and then, they're, they're boogieing, and that's fucking fantastic. Um, it, it could be fan made. Let's 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 not put the cart before the horse here and start pre-ordering games that don't exist. But then at the same time, uh, there have been rumors floating around that 
there has been something in development for Persona 3, like a complete remake. Uh, and yeah, it's the guy that runs in- Gamatsu has said they understand that there's been a remake in development for several years, but they can't comment on the um, validity of the footage itself. They just, they've heard that Persona 3 remake is happening. Yeah, and it's interesting that this video comes from tw- like a, a, an internal meeting from 2021, so it's might be like okay cool this is just sort of like a proof of concept now they would have fleshed it out um it probably i'm not sure i've seen differing arguments online about points for and against about the fact that uh persona 3 portable has been re-released as well has essentially been ported to modern consoles in like the switch the xbox playstation pc it's, it's all out there as well as the other just like persona 4 and persona 5 it'd be very interesting if Atlas was using that as like, oh, hey, like people are actually buying like these games. Or in my case, I just started up Persona 3 this afternoon because it's on Game Pass. It's like, okay, cool. Let's look at these numbers. Oh, the numbers are pretty strong here. So it'd be, it'd be very interesting to see if like that's why they did the ports to be like, oh, that was very good. I but think this it- might have been in the cards for a long time because even back when Persona 5 initially released, people data minded and found it. Um, assets that were Persona free related. Yeah, oh, well, didn't that just be uniforms anyway? Like, it's- I, no, I, it was like the um the dorm rooms were remade mm. in Persona Five. I oh, really are oh, interesting. Um, yeah, uh, this is just a lot of hope. Uh, it's a lot of nothing will happen until it happens. Like we are getting close to Game of Christmas. Uh, it's like two months away now. So we might get the release date. Um, because when do those Persona three, four, and five get ported to everything else? That was that was January, I think. January, yeah, it actually was January. Yeah, so maybe it'd be like, yeah, cool. We've crunched the numbers. People are excited. People like it. Play on. Yeah, and also just the Jet Set Radio thing is also really hitting me because I absolutely love Jet Set Radio. So having Persona three come back and Jet Set Radio is just it's hitting me so hard. I'm. I'm having all of the hopium and the copium. If this, yeah. um, if this doesn't end up being real, I, I may, I may be legally required to stay on copium as my, um, my mechanical lung. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, just radiation. Oh, hang on, hang on. Let, um, uh, that that sounds cheeky, mate. Look, I, I may be, I may be huffing copium if this doesn't turn out, but I still bad and vaping. Just give yourself a nice, uh, a nice uh, hope, hope vape cartridge. Get 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 some get some elf bars that uh, that, that give you the old hopium and the copium. Patrick, like I'm a, going to ask very a, nicely that you never speak again. <laughs> it's like it's like the soft serve swell from uh, from Dairy Queen. Do you want do you want vanilla chocolate or, or a half and half mix? We don't have Dairy Queen here, man. We get it. You went to Canada. <laughs> Next up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really trying to find a fucking segue off that one. All I do is feel attacked. Um, you should get kicked off the podcast. <laughs> Next up, Steve gives us his uh, whatever he was able to drudge up from the bowels of Kickstarter today update. Steve, oh, what's no, the latest? I, I, I didn't put this on the docket, but I have followed the link. Um, man, this key, but it's like a Kickstarter link and Seth can explain it. But I, I'm looking at them. This is another, I'm going on a Kickstarter rabbit hole. There's this keyboard. It's a transparent keyboard. Oh, that has an integrated that. display, and it's it has a two hundred thousand dollar goal, and it's got four million dollars. What the fuck? For people listening at home, if you want to look at what I'm looking at, Google Flux Keyboard Kickstarter. It's fucking 
I don't get it. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that ARM projects video pop up on YouTube. It's basically a modular keyboard that um, uh, it has. It's like you got like a um transparent keys on top of an LCD screen, and you can change it so that all the keys that change to like different languages or different um shortcut commands. Or have potentially have a GIF image underneath it or something. It's cool, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I didn't mean to get us. What, what was your news story, Seth? I don't know. Yeah, so... Um, Some bullshit. A game I've been following for a while <laughs> called... Uh, yeah, called sounds G- like some bullshit. <laughs> a game I've been following for a while on Twitter called Geno Kids that finally has its um, Kickstarter uh, put up so people can go and support it. This is a... Seth, we told you to stay away from kids. Oh, fucking got him. This is a game being made by two brothers. Um... And oh, God, just, just the two brothers. <laughs> there, there's no washing machine involved. No, um, no drum kits. Actually, no, there is a drum kit. Hold on. Um, the premise of the game is as an action game where you're controlling four different members of a band, and each band member has their own um, weapon that they specialize in. It's very heavily influenced by, like, DMC and Bayonetta sort of games. Um, but... Having the weapons attached to characters um, kind of opens it up into weird ways that um, those games don't really get to explore with how you switch them out. So you have things like tag mechanics where um, if you're getting hit with one character, you can call in an assist with another character to come save your ass or have um, start up a combo with one character and then call it in, uh, call, switch to another character. And the combo from the first character will still keep going while you can focus on another enemy or juggle something else or just double down on the first enemy that's being hit. Um, it's a really interesting looking game. I really heavily um, uh, ask people to go <laughs> go check out the Kickstarter, maybe support it if it interests you. And it just like Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, a little bit. It's more. It's very more towards DMC than Hi-Fi Rush because Hi-Fi Rush I'm is more um, is trying to mix rhythm elements, while this is just using punk rock as an aesthetic rather than um, using rhythm elements in it. But yeah, looks really, really cool. I'm really I, excited I like for that, this. Uh, the the tiers are just uh, various forms of fan. You got like. Um, Mega fan, dripped fan, which is pretty sick. Hyper fan, metaphysical fan, hyperdimensional acrylic fan, everlasting fan, in universal fan. Uh, what else we got? Ultra universal fan, Zenodian de- demiurge and fan. I don't even know those fucking words. Uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Okay, all right. So, sorry, uh, sorry, Steph. We're, we're, I'm derailing you. Whoa, so, uh, hold as, up. As someone- For the small price of 750 euros, I could get a digital copy of it, design an enemy, become a fan in-game tier two, leave my mark in the game, get two times physical acrylic stands, get four character keychains, get a signed concert poster, beta access, Discord VIP channel, a Kickstarter skin, the digital soundtrack, the digital art book, digital wallpaper set, a Discord backer badge, and my name in the credits is Diamond? That sounds like a bargain, say, dude. Say, say less. Uh, yeah, I don't care about this game anymore. Um, what <laughs> I have been looking at, I went onto Indiegogo, and I found oh, a, 
as someone that owns a big cat that does very smelly poos, I found a um a self cleaning litter box. Um, and I, I, let, let me just read you uh, a sentence. A sentence. This sounds like a scam. Some, please don't. It is. Um, maximize your cat's preference for privacy during toilet time by what? enhancing your cat's feeling of security and safety by protecting them from the outside elements. It's literally just an enclosed space, and I said, "Oh yeah, it needs his privacy." Um, fucking idiot. Um, it does seem like it's pretty cool, um, but it, yeah, I, I don't know, $733. <laughs> Bro, that's worth more than the cat. Uh, no, you got to breed. Anyway, look, it doesn't matter. The, um, the point is we should move on and I should close all these tabs before I do something I regret. Um, Segway. I, I kind of want to see I, where this goes. I, I do don't. want to throw one more thing into the table for Geno Kids, and it's that um, they've already got a couple of the voice casts shown for the game, and the main character, Blue, is being voiced by Kira Buckland, which most people will know for her talents as Tubi and uh, um, Jolene. So that, that's a pretty good name to get attached to this. Jolene. 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 <laughs> glad, glad someone else is sharing my one brain cell currently. And they, for Red, they've got this guy named Gottsvist Grong, which seems to be a musician. I don't, I don't see any, um, any voice acting credits. This is all like music links. Very interesting. Um, anyway, a Norwegian yeah, I'll, rock I'll and metal player. I have to go check it out. Uh, next up, uh, anything else you want to hit, Seth? We get to move on. No, that's it. That's good to move on. Go Sweet. check out Gino uh, Kids. Uh, and we're gonna move along to the fact that Ghostwire Tokyo was now available for Xbox Series. Uh, I did not play Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, did either of you? I did not, but I heard it's pretty decent. Really? I heard it was mid. Yeah, I heard it was mid too. Yeah, Maybe it's pretty, pretty decent much. as being too too nice. I, I heard it's like a seven. Uh, yeah. Uh, roughly what I've heard as well, but that's definition of mid for me. It's cool it's coming to Game Pass with DLC and stuff, um, but I don't care. And yeah, also, really, like, also adds a whole new sleep. DLC with um, a roguelite element. So, you know, infinite replayability. Speaking yeah. of infinite, uh, Joseph <laughs> Stadden is uh, set to leave Microsoft, which you might know as the Halo Infinite uh, head of creative. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was also head uh, cinematic really? Director, really? director and no. writer for no, Halo Patrick, 1 through that 3. That was perhaps the greatest segue in the history of segues. No, no, don't worry about it. I only had, had to like... You've got to be more creative Fuck about you. it. Um, I know. I'm saying this in like a supportive way of you've had better ones. I was proud of that one. Anyway, <laughs> fucking read read the article. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here quietly. Yeah. So just Joseph Staden, uh, he worked on uh, as writer and cinematic director for Halos One through Three, then left Microsoft and then came back to help with um Halo Infinite and became the head uh, head of creative for that game, and now he's left again. He, we don't know what he's going to be moving on to. He hasn't spoken about that. Um, but not looking great for Halo at the moment. <laughs> I, a lot of people that I've seen online are like really dreading Halo's future now that he's gone. Yeah, you can definitely tell that uh, ever since 343 took the wheels, uh, Halo has sort of been in sort of a death spiral. And like Halo 4 was all right. Halo 5 was fucking shit. Uh, the, the Master Chief Collection, from my understanding, was like broken on release. Like, if you wanted to play multiplayer, if you wanted to play single player, that's fine. And how I play them, so I really don't care. 
Um, I hear it still it. has issues. Like people keep saying really? it's fixed uh. and it's fine now, but I've been hearing a lot of people say, no, there's still a lot of really bad issues with it. No, which is a shame. Yeah. It's yeah. And, and yeah, Halo Infinite launched very well, but apparently the content has not been up to scratch. A couple of things like they'll do a new season. It's like, oh, hang on. You can't play it for two days. They've broken something. Have, have they put split screen in it yet? I believe no. they have. Yes. I think they can split screen. Sure about that. <laughs> um, I thought they could. Uh, let me quick fact check on that. Because um, now you can do. They've got. They brought in co-op, and the fact they didn't have co-op on releases. I heard from what no, I remember. Right. Yeah. No. Go yeah, on. Does Halo Infinite have split screen? It does not have split screen multiplayer yet. That's unfortunate. Yeah. As far as I've know, they said they had it planned, and they cancelled it. Yeah, um, anybody even play split screen? Like, it's one of the things like, oh, it should have split screen. It used to in the old days, but, like, I don't care. Like, who's, like, uh, there might be, and this just might be uh, me. I, I, always, I always go with the argument that just because it might be a very small thing, like, handful of people will use it, it should still be in there for those handful of people. Like, I know split screen was a lot yes. more popular in the older days when there was no online <laughs> and then online basically killed it. But yeah. having split screen is an appreciated uh, um, feature. I, yeah, I just wondered if like it's a people want it for the sake of wanting it and like they'll use it once or twice and be like, all right, I won't do it anymore. I don't and, think and it remember, matters. TVs I, aren't, I, TVs I, aren't I, square anymore. Uh, Actually, we're going back to Borderlands 3 chat. I had to do uh, uh, a thing, like, uh, I had to send someone a gift online, so I just made a guest account, which you couldn't use a guest account. I had to fucking create a new Microsoft account to do it. Um, and, like, so Borderlands 3 does have split screen, and it looks fucking dog shit, because it's fucking 16 by 9, split in half, and it's like, huh. Oh, they did it the wrong way. Well, how, how else could you do it? Like the Resident, is like- Resident Evil Five um, and Killzone Three. When I played those, they keep the sixteen by nine aspects ratio, and they just kind of have like one in the top left corner, one in the bottom right corner, and it's like black squares where um, oh, at fuck the yeah. end of each of the sides. Oh, that sounds fucking horrifying! Jesus Christ! It's <laughs> you at least get the full picture view without it being squished. <laughs> You know what? Uh, I think they should do a split screen like a grilled cheese, just diagonally down the middle. Oh, oh hang on. Yeah, hang I on. said Let cook. Let him cook. Um, yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, it's a shame that Joseph's leaving um, <laughs> to bring us back to the top. Uh, it seems like Halo Infinite's in a bit of a fucking death spiral. Maybe I'll go back and play Halo Infinite, actually. They've got a new season that just came out. Um, all I, all I do when, I, when I see any Halo news is just think about the Cat videos talking about um, Bungie versus 343 and the release of recent Halo games and things. And then, I, then I watch those and then I get sad. I do not know those videos. What are they? So I can add them to my watch list. Uh, it's, uh, Bungie just, versus 343. Just YouTube, like, um, basically Halo and Cat, and you, you, you'll find it in there. Found it. I love Kroby Cat's videos, especially when they're the ones that make me sad, like that Halo one. Yeah, or the um the Left 4 Dead 2 versus Back for Blood. Fuck, that one hurts as well. Pretty much all of them actually. His whole shtick is making you feel bad and, and nostalgic. God damn does it work. Um yeah, anyway, sad news for Halo. Um I realize this isn't in the docket, but I'm just tossing it in here now because I realize we haven't talked about it. 
Um, Need for Speed Unbound got an update. It basically added a whole bunch of features that should have been in on release. And anyone, well, I'm grateful that they're in there now, like the ability to skip music tracks during a race, even though there's a skip music button, which, Jesus Christ, what are you guys doing? But uh, might return to it, might not. Anyway, update's out. I just wanted to, to get my two cents out there. Haven't played it since the update, but pretty much everything on the patch list is stuff that you look at and go, I can't believe that wasn't in the base game. Yeah, very strange. It was, it was just triggered off of um, talking about the, what was that, the co-op that, that you expect would be in the base game and it wasn't. Are you going to go back and, to it? Well, I, I just said I, I might do, I might not. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I wanted more, more definite. And I thought uh, I'd forget you on that. Okay, well, board. honestly, probably not. I, I played yeah. it for the single player. The single player is finished. The updates are a few quality of life things for single player, but most of them were like, here's how to make the multiplayer experience not shit, such as adding cops online, because fuck me for thinking that online need for speed would include cops. Anyway, uh, there's no fun segue in or out of that. I'm, as I say, glad that it's there, but just bitterly disappointed that it took them this long to put it in and my my copium is still saying that i really enjoyed need for speed unbound but i definitely get where everyone else is coming from as to like what the hell is need for speed doing um rest in peace criterion anyway uh next up on the list um some uh hot news from the fighting games field um mr mr rollback netcode himself seth uh take us through the tekken news yeah so over the weekend harada just decided he's going to answer a lot of people's questions on Twitter and just give away features that'll be in Tekken 8. So we now know that Tekken 8 will have rollback netcode, have crossplay, and have more characters that launch in uh, Street Fighter 6 will. <laughs> so Street Fighter 6, I think, is confirmed to have 18 characters at launch. And so Tekken will now have 18 and a half. <laughs> um, Tekken 7, when it came to consoles, was at 30. But that's kind of cheating because it came out in arcades like three years earlier with 20. So I feel like 20 should be the baseline minimum to expect. Do any of these announcements make you more excited for Tekken 8? Crossplay is really good. I really appreciate him saying, yeah, crossplay will be in the game. Because that means it doesn't matter where I buy it, I'll be able to play it with any of my friends no matter where they buy it. See, I don't like that because I kind of want to play Tekken 8, but I don't want the anxiety of thinking that you could see that I'm online. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to be getting a cheater box for Tekken 8 soon. Okay, here we go. You've got me. I've fucking... What the fuck is a cheater box? It's the hitbox controller I'm pretty sure I've talked about. I can can answer this. I can answer this. Um, Steve, you know how you were on Indiegogo and just looked up boxes for your cats to take shits in? Yes. Think of a cheater as like a very big cat. (laughs) It's like a lion? You know what? Yeah, just like a lion, Steve. Don't let anyone tell you different. You said so, it's a big cat. It's true. It's true. Um, so Seth, I'm pretty what, sure what, what you can lie in it. I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's a, a controller called a hitbox, which is basically an arcade stick, but you take away the stick and replace all the directions with buttons instead. Um, what? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's, it's just literally a um. You you can do an arcade right, stick. Yeah, uh, but by we making, got the stick. Yeah, but by making the um, by making the directions buttons instead, you can do a lot of weird shit with movement tech and shortcuts that arcade stick uh, doesn't yeah. have access to. Because Actually, you can press right. you can press left and right at the same time to do certain things, and it makes certain tech in Tekken a lot easier to do. 
So, yeah, no, so you are cheating. So, you're seeing that now. I think just, about it. just um just, just revisiting what I said just before. Uh, if I get Tekken eight and I already have anxiety about you seeing that I'm online, uh, this just reinforces that. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to give you that anxiety attack. I I do not want to play with you. <laughs> we we won't play together, but um, but you'll see me pop up being online, and you'll you'll dread the name. I will. You'll <laughs> you you'll quit. You'll quit out of the game right away. I'm sorry. Triple X Fox Sniffer Four Twenty has never instilled so much fear in me as, as he does right now. Sorry, you need to cheat to get good. Literally I don't need to. It just makes it easier. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it just makes it. Uh, yeah. Like it's it's easier to uh to buy like furniture online, but it's hard to build it with your own bare hands, and you actually feel like you've gotten really good at it. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I know, I'm comparing cheating in a video game to building furniture. I was um, also going to say people play on mouse and keyboard uh, a second for the exact reason that Hitbox lets you do the same sort of shortcuts. They're cheating as well. You know what? If you're actually is it, playing is it really Tekken, if it, is it really cheating if the game lets you use different types of controllers? Yes. Well, the game, the game lets you just put in like a cheats to give me infinite health. Like, yeah, if it lets me do it, it's, it's fine. Seth, Seth, if we're in the same room and the game lets me beat you over the head while we're in split screen. <laughs> that's not the game cheating? letting, that's not the game letting you do that. That's just you doing it out of impulse. Me. I don't see the game stopping me, Seth. <laughs> the game, at, the game not saying don't stop. At no point does the EULA flash up saying, do not smack the person next to you over their head with a shovel when you're playing against them in split screen. Look, all I'm going to say is that the rules in games never mattered because people ignore the rules for Uno. You know what? You're right. There are official rule sets for Uno, and then there are more fun ways to play. And you know what? I think that's all the legal <laughs> And there's a correct way to play. <laughs> you know what, Seth? Draw 16. Yeah. <laughs> it just says draw well, 16. There's no or here. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with Steve. Um... Well, it's like well, saying people it? are. It's like people uh, saying that you're cheating if you're reading the back of the cards in Uno Reverse. <laughs> wasn't um, wasn't it Uno that came out and said that you shouldn't be able to play plus four draws on each other, and everyone went, "Shut up, you're wrong." Yeah. <laughs> the Uno accounts have come out and said a lot of things about how people should play Uno, and they're always told, "Shut up, you're wrong." <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a card to play, you only draw one. No, shut up. Keep drawing until you can play a card. Yeah, no, facts. <laughs> oh, man. Um, speaking of things that Uno is wrong about, uh, Uno wanted to side with uh, Monster Energy trying to uh, <laughs> sue a bunch of different games for use of the word monster. And I think we all know what, what we have to say. Shut up, Uno, you're wrong. Yeah, no, sh shut the fuck up, Uno. This is the worst case you've taken yet. <laughs> this, is, this isn't even about you. And Set yet you draw sixteen. <laughs> this isn't about Uno, and yet you've shoved your head into it. What are you doing? You're not Wendy's. That's uh, true. Wendy's um, anyway, what? M Monster Energy decided that uh, that not only was the image of being called Kyle and smashing your hand through the wall uh, related, like su such um, stereotyped images related to Monster, but in fact. Anything with a green M on a black background could be stereotyped to monster. Didn't they do this with, um, I hope that this uh, comes back in their face. Me, that's fine. Um, didn't they do this with uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, that Ubisoft game that came out like three years ago? It was <laughs> Did they? Supposed to be called, yeah, it was supposed to be called um, Gods and Monsters, and Monster Energy Drink was like, None of that. No, 
Yeah, pretty much like, no, we're, I don't think we Moss and Angie had monster. anything to do with that. I think Ubisoft just backed out. Well, I, no, they, they said something. It was like, oh, hey, if you do that, we're going to do something. And they were like, yeah, we don't care about the name, whatever. Um, back to the drawing board. It was just a very weird thing to do. Well, the, the weird part of this is that Monster Energy Drink is deciding, you know what? Let's not only take on some indie title, which uh, I have the name of, um, uh, Dark Deception Monsters and Mortals, but they decided that they're going to use that as precedent to try and go after uh, Monster Hunter and Pokemon. They're insane for going after those two specifically. Nintendo might be like, oh, hey, you're actually emulating Pokemon. Uh, straight to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know. I, I, my, my favorite take on this was brought to you by Anon on Facebook, who said that this is simply a publicity stunt to get people to remind people that Monster is a thing because no one has bought a single can of Monster Energy drink since 2017. And I know it's factually incorrect, but it's very funny to think about that. Yeah, a guy in my office has one every day. I thought my brother might, but no, he has Rockstar. They're the better ones. Actually, no, Red Bull. Actually, no. The ones you get from Audi, they're called Flying Powder. Flying Power. Not powder. Um, They're like $3 for like four of them. It's very good. Nom, nom, nom. Gotta love all that caffeine, which I assume is the main ingredient that they use. I thought the main ingredient was um, monsters. (laughs) Made from our real monsters. Well, the reason... Okay, so here's another Stephen backstory moment. Oh, um, God. It's so I was already scared of the so mon- dark. <laughs> I was scared out of the monsters of my- under my bed, right? So me and the girlfriend upgraded the bed to be one of those floating beds. It's got the, um, there is no under the bed, so they're not being the monsters. Hang on. And that- is, is, is this Stephen backstory lore from two months ago? Uh, no, it's from when we moved into this house. It was in August 2022. Okay. The deepest lore. Still more See, recent you know how- than I thought it should be but anyway <laughs> no one's asked but fun Seth backs i have a one of those beds that <laughs> <Fun have, Seth laughs> i have one of those beds that um has a uh, uh, gas suspension in them so you can lift it up and store things underneath the bed you know oh what? fuck he's got hydraulic beds he's got <laughs> hydraulic beds he's pimped his bed he's pimped his bed you know what <laughs> I, I i don't think that was fun and i'm not even sure if that was about Seth. Uh, what I mean, type of bed do you I have? own what type of bed do you have pat surely you don't just have a mattress raw dog on the floor do you <laughs> I mean, that is very soulful if he does. I, I have um I have one of those uh oh shit. It was one of those it was one of those dumb inventions that every CEO bought to look cool where it was like the um the the ancient like like no I'm I'm not serious, I just sleep on a regular fucking bed. But uh What was I, that company we were talking about in like episode ten or something and they did like outside furniture? Um never mind, sorry, you continue your story. No, I'm just, oh, no, no, no. You know what it was? It was, it was that, it was that like craze. And I use that term in the loosest of definitions because the, only the fucking weirdly rich people bought one. But it was that like wooden Japanese pillow that the samurai used to use that was uncomfortable as hell. But the whole thing was that it promised like either like better sleep or waking up better in the mornings. And a whole bunch of CEOs were like, yeah, I use this and I wake up really well. And you look at it and it honestly looks like the kind of bed of nails type torture device. I mean, that just sounds like something that CEOs would sit, sleep on. I'm not even sure if it has any benefits. I reckon they just do it. That way they can like seem cooler to their other CEO friends. I googled samurai bed, but I didn't get it. Um, it's just a bunch of bed covers with samurai on them. Um, uh, I, I, sleep in, I sleep in a big bed with that guy's wife. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, that shouldn't have got me. Seth, do me a favor and <laughs> shut the fuck up. I can't now. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just wasn't expecting it. I was Googling oh outdoor God. bed as he said that. Like you, you even like splotted too. That's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be like that. Yeah. <laughs> it do be like that yeah. sometimes. Um, um, I, don't know how, I don't know how we got here. This is the thing that I'm talking about, which I will upload to a chat that no one in the audience can see. <laughs> if you joined our Patreon, you would be able to see it. Uh, don't actually, no, join the Patreon, but you still won't be able to see it. Sorry, that's just how it is. The fuck? I, I, <laughs> that looks like one of those horse torture devices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so remember that episode of The Simpsons where Homer becomes a chiropractor by literally pushing people no, over? No, 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 Steve, Steve, shut up for a sec. <laughs> Seth. What the fuck do you mean horse-specific <laughs> torture device? Who would build a device to torture horses? No, it's <laughs> the a torture that device that shapes like a horse. The mayor of Troy. <laughs> um, I know that Greek reference is probably not that good. Um, yeah, very rogue. That yeah, it's just called like a wooden good. horse. <laughs> you sure anyway, imagine, Troy? Ima- imagine, imagine going to bed and then and then uh, kissing your homies goodnight and then finding out they sleep on one of those bad boys. <laughs> oh my god, I'm seeing a fucking medieval drawing of people just sewing a person in half while they're upside down so it's from the gentles first. I typed in wooden horse bed and I didn't get it. Um, <laughs> so a lot of things with like... Oh okay. my god, this went sideways so quickly. Okay. Um, this is what you get for bringing in uh, torture devices. Hang on, this is another they're funny pillows, video. They're for sleeping. Okay, so to describe what I just posted, to describe what Seth just posted, it's literally like a cylinder um, laid flat with like a mattress on it, um, which is fucked. Uh, and what I just posted is it's like a bed frame, but it's got, you know, those jumping things for like what horses need to jump over in chores and shows. I don't know, it's not fun anymore. Let's move on. We got really off topic. Speaking of getting a new game. Go on, finish, finish, finish it up. <laughs> uh, God, of War, God of War Ragnarok is getting a new game plus update uh, that is available now. Available right now. I have not played this game. I will play it soon. But I think there is someone in this chat that has played it. Do you want to talk about it? Hey, Patrick, do you remember how I ended my God of War Ragnarok review? No. I've said something along the lines of... <laughs> Wait, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Hang on. No, for, for, for pod 10, I... Yes, of course I do, as your favorite podcast host that remembers every episode we've done. But why don't you tell Steve, because he's a moron who doesn't remember. I, I remember at some point in that review saying that while I enjoyed the game, this is the type of game I will play once and never play again. And <laughs> having New Game Plus does not entice me to go back and play the game again, because my god, that game is long. Yeah, fair, fair. Not even like two years time or something? Probably not, honestly, um, especially if things are unskippable and they, they've added a lot of things in here that I just say, why this doesn't seem fun. Um, uh, okay, Seth. Okay. Um, what if you wanted to play the game in black and white render mode? I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I don't have boy, a problem do I with filters. I think they're ugly, but sure. Oh. Well, literally, uh, from, the, from the Gamatsu article... Looking to experience a story again with a more cinematic twist? After beating the game once, you will have access to a new black and white render ro- mode. Fuck. Just because you have something in black and white doesn't make it fucking cinema. God, I hate Ghost of Tsushima did it right when they added the film grain and, like, cigarette burns. 
Oh, that was because it was supposed to be uh, like a the Kurosawa movie. They did yeah, it correctly. That was it, yeah. Pokemon Legends colon Arceus did it correctly when they sucked the life out of everything on screen. Oh boy, here we go. So, so for the things that I'm here, like why this doesn't seem fun. One of the new things they've added is that uh, Spartan armor, which keeps you permanently locked at a power level one and gives you no perks and no stats. So you're that at like shit. the absolute weakest you can be in a game where the power level matters a lot and things will just one shot you if they're like two or three levels above you. This sounds extremely un- frustrating and unfun. I do like how they, they talk about how using that means that you can, if you beat the game, you'll be beating the game pecs first. Yeah. Um, they've also added a thing called um, burdens where there's things like negative gameplay effects where like if you dodge, there's a chance that you'll get frost per- uh, status effects on you. And again, it's like, why? This doesn't why? seem fun. <laughs> this just seems frustrating. Some, it, some it's, like, it's all in the psychotic. name of dip- Yeah, sorry. There you go. It, they're saying it's all in the name of ramping up the difficulty of the game, but this isn't ramping up difficulty in the game in a natural way. This is adding bullshit mechanics that make the game frustrating and stupider to deal I, with. I reckon I reckon this was a psychotic dev that for an April Fool's joke released just a, a patch to an internal, I don't know, game server or something that just made the game stupid fucking hard. And then Santa Monica looked at that and went, we could market this. <laughs> Paste it. It's in there. We can't remove it. Something that they did add that's like, this is more difficult, but in the right direction is that they've also added a Spartan shield from uh, God of War, uh, Cha- Chains of Olympus. And uh, what they've done for that is that they've just tightened up the parry window compared to what the Guardian shield is. But um, it also gives you a higher reward if you time it correctly. And it's like, yeah, no, that's nice. Make the parry tighter to be more punishing, but um, giving a higher reward for doing it on time is a good way to change the difficulty a little. So it's like a weird mix of, here's a bunch of stuff that's frustrating, but here's something that's actually well designed. Hmm. Uh, I have not yet finished God of War Ragnarok. I think from when we last talked about it, Seth was saying I was less than halfway through it, which, oh boy. Yeah, I think, I think, it, I think I might have even said you're like a third of the way in. Yeah, because I'd, I'd just gone through the scene that made me think way too much of Tom Holland and Zendaya. Yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah, it, it made it. me think mm. of um, the latest season of Stranger Things a lot, Big, just from how it was paced. Yeah, fair. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, good news to all the New Game Plus fans out there, uh, you, I guess. If, if you like God of War Ragnarok enough to play a second guy time, I, um, I wish you luck, and I, I hope you come out a better person after it. That, that's an absolute lie, you know that they won't. Yeah, you're right. Hell, I didn't come out a better person after finishing it the first time. <laughs> You've been on a steady decline since you started this podcast. I've been in a steady decline since I was born. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think you peaked at like, actually, I'm not going to finish that thought. Um, finally, in the, in the news this week, the absolute state of play uh, is coming technically today, my time, but tomorrow for, for everyone else. Yeah, what time is this, actually? Swag o'clock. Swag o'clock. 
I mean, 5 p.m. Eastern. That's uh, yeah. That'll be. I think that'll be. Um, that's a few days away. Yeah. If yeah. you click the if you click the YouTube link, it says 32 hours. Yeah. So notify me. Hit that. Smash that bell. Yeah. So it'll be Friday morning for for me. For us, and then just like the the like bugs bunny. I, I assume you guys will not be watching this, and I'll be the only one to do it. Probably, probably fair. Actually, yeah. Um, especially it, because there are 20 there minutes of Final Fantasy 16 gameplay, which... So here's the thing. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch it because I already feel like I'm full with Final Fantasy 16 footage and I don't know if I want to see more, especially 20 minutes more. That um, I don't know how to help you. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like a you problem, big fella. That, um, that PAX presentation they showed at the, at the end of last month, I think it was. That was really good and went into a lot of things that I was interested in, so I don't know how much more of Final Fantasy 16 I want to see before I buy it. And I'm starting to get to the point where I'm scared they might spoil something too early. <laughs> well, just don't watch it then. I, I may. You know I what? May. He's right. The, but but the, on the plus side, there are, they did say there's going to be other things at the state of play, so I might just watch those and then tune out when Final Fantasy 16 pops up. So... I, I look forward to seeing what the other things are. A lot of people are coping and hoping for a Street Fighter 6 beta announcement. That'd be cool. Uh, you reckon it's going to be VR stuff? Maybe. Yeah, no, it's not. The VR's fucking dead. Oh, yeah, apparently the VR <laughs> sold really poorly and yeah. Sony might have... Like, people are saying Sony will already want to do a price drop. But at the same yeah, time, which... it's Jeff Grubb saying that and he's got a very Fuck low you, batting average. Say- don't say uh, fuck you. Jeff Grubb's amazing. I listen to him in the giant bomb cast. I love him. He's very funny. Fuck you. And when it, when it comes to leaks and rumors, he's got a very low batting average. If it's not something he's stolen from someone else. Oh, here we go. He's stolen. He just. Well, doesn't Wario 64? A dozen Nebelian? Don't they all steal it from somebody else? What the yeah. fuck do you think we do? Uh, we repost. <laughs> we borrow. We do, we do not I... steal. My my point being that if uh, Jeff Grubb <laughs> isn't repeating it from someone else, and this is something that he's uh, saying as like his insider rumor, then it's a low batting average of being correct. So on the um PSVR two price drop, I'm not a hundred percent certain on if that'll happen very soon. So I have to do something that's not selling. Yeah. Watch watch it. What? Okay, Steve, hear me out. It's not selling. They introduced PSVR two to Xbox Game Pass. Hang on, whoa, 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 hang on. I think you might have just saved PlayStation. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Microsoft will buy Sony. That's the state of play. <laughs> the absolute state of play. That would be the absolute state final, of play. Absolute final state of Sony. They'll be like, yep, sorry, Microsoft won. Uh, and then Microsoft proceeds to be like, hey, Game Pass costs $30 million. And it's just... <laughs> Your Xbox is now a subscription. Game, game, game Pass costs thirty million dollars only for people that buy it from Turkey. You know what? Just because no. I remember, just just because I remembered about it now, and I think it'll be really funny to bring up randomly. Apparently, Sony said that part of the ten-year deal that Nintendo signed is that Nintendo has to pay Microsoft a minimum amount of money to get Call of Duty on the Switch. Oh, man, even when they're losing, what? Microsoft cannot stop fucking winning. <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> so Nintendo but, signed uh, apparently Nintendo signed a 10 year deal where they get Call of Duty but they have to pay Microsoft for it to come out there actually actually you know what we're going to toss this in here as well did uh, Jeff Grubb say that the, the, the Super Mario movie 
has smashed every record for opening weekend animated box office. So I think Nintendo could afford it. I'll be honest. You know what? You're right. They should charge <laughs> Nintendo more for Call of Duty. <laughs> now we're thinking. Hmm. <laughs> And no, this isn't from Jeff Grubb. It's from some internal documents that have a lot of shit redacted, Steve. Let's see how we get. It's basically Sony bitching and whining about why the 10-year deal is shit. (laughs) Big surprise. A company that wants to make more money is like, you know what? These terms are unfavorable. I know what I've got. Then Sony's like, wait, don't take Call of Duty away from me. No, no, no low balls. I know what I've got. (laughs) We had a good deal running here. We don't want to lose that. It's the only deal they've got. Funny, Sony, yeah, look, let's not get into this. Um, state of play <laughs> is in Weird. 32 hours. The absolute state of play will be revealed. All will be revealed. But we will have to wait for that news because, unfortunately, we don't have that news to hand, and so we are out of news to share. This means that we are at the end of the news section for this week. Uh, do we want to tease anything coming up for the sweet, sweet, nice episode 69 that will be next week? I'm probably going to buy 20 litres of mouthwash. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> Where did that come from? For episode 69. Oh, right. Absolutely okay, yep. Oh, here we go. Now I'm the crazy one. Yeah, cool. All right. Whatever, it's fine. Um, I'm watching the Mario movie tomorrow. Based. So I'll, I'll report on it. Um, if it's a bad movie, I will uh, literally poo myself because I, those tickets were $25. Are you going to, like, uh, maintain eye contact with your cat while you do it, or...? Uh, I'm going to the movies. The cat is not allowed into the movies. You, you'll just hold into shit till you get home and then shit in its litter box. <laughs> Assert dominance. Hang on. Let him cook. That's... <laughs> get, get one of those private ones, though. <laughs> one of those private $750 ones. Um, the, the cooking one. I don't know, the self-cleaning one. Um, so nobody will know. The movie tickets being $25 is making me think maybe I'll wait for the Mario movie to come out on streaming services because apparently it's coming out in a month. Allegedly, if you believe the rumors. Whoops. I just transferred $25 to someone and uh, I accidentally... And it was not me for the movie ticket. It wasn't for you. Um, uh, I accidentally replied to the automatic bank message with thank you. I'm sure that I'm sure the Yam bank bot will be really appreciative of that thank you. You know what? You you just you just delayed the robot uprising by another day. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for your service. Don't forget to tip your robot automated messages. Robot bank bot. I for one welcome our robot overlords. (laughs) Oh man. I'll I'll probably be playing more Woe Long and I might jump onto Celeste to have a more informed talk about that with you next week, Patrick. Sounds good. And how about you? Do you have any teasers? Uh, well, maybe a bit more of Celeste, but the main one will be that album. I am super looking forward to it. Uh, I need to, uh, yeah, I need to need to go and find find some time to just really absorb that because I. I've been waiting for new Daughter Music for a while, and the singles they've released make me think that this could be a really good album. So let's hope I am right. I'm happy for her. You should give her some more pocket money. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Very funny. I also you, like you know that what? guy's wife. You're already making next week's episode less nice. <laughs> and we can't have that. 
<laughs> no, I'm getting it all out this episode so that next week's episode can be maximum nice. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we will have to wait and see. If you've liked what you've heard, feel free to give us a like, subscription, uh, follow, or whatever else on the podcast platform you're listening to us on. Uh, you can get in touch. We're on Facebook, Fast Travel Lounge, Gmail, Fast Travel Lounge at gmail.com, or Twitter. While it's still called Twitter, we'll have to see if we have to change that social plug later on. Thanks, Elon. At Fast Travel Lounge minus one of the L's. The L, of course, constantly being taken up by Elon Musk. Uh, until then, I have been Patrick and been joined by Seth and Steve. You've been listening to Fast Travel Lounge, episode 68, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Happy birthday, ice cream cake. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs>